When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's Last Match, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. StarCast Weekend in Nashville, bringing wrestling companies together for one of the most unique cards ever assembled. Main evented by Ric Flair's Last Match. Tickets are on sale right now at rickflairslastmatch.com. And you can catch the show live streaming on pay-per-view and Fight TV for only $34.99. Ric Flair's Last Match. Walk in that aisle one more time for the last time. StarCast is presented in part by ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts designed and sold by over 2,500 pro wrestlers. By Lenny Bakken, certified financial planner. And by Powerbomb Pizza. Pizza crafted and sold by pro wrestlers. Powerbomb Pizza, powered by Kitsch Data. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA. TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team. Turner bought in Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony answers what they win, look Shivani's back again. World title split off, center stage, Bischoff. Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow. Under Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, lowest rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tomsey's a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm uh, I'm okay. I'd, I'd like to uh, personally thank you for changing my life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, instead of uh, having wonderful weekends, just hanging out with my dog. Oh, yeah. Where the hell did he go? He left you too. <laughs> Bug! What the flying fuck? Anyway, uh, now uh, I hardly get any sleep. I'm going to have dementia long before it's due. Good. 
Uh, good. Good. <laughs> good. Glad to have that. <laughs> we'll just do a podcast in the next 10 years. We'll do a podcast called the blubbering fat idiot. And then you'll say, Hey, it's Tony's voice. Your childhood, Tony Schiavone, Tony, how are you? Say, well, you know, I just remember back when I was used to hold the microphone for Ric Flair and, uh, and then I used to hold it for JJ Dillon and, uh, I'm fine. Hey, you there, Fred. So it'll be the, uh, the Jim Ross podcast. Just kidding. So, Hey, listen, <laughs> we're doing great American bash 1987 today. And Tony, we always do stuff on, Peacock, but yeah. today we're doing a Turner home entertainment VHS release. Wow. Uh, because it's not posted on Peacock. Uh, so the only way you're going to be able to watch this with us is to watch on YouTube. Sorry about that. But if you'll join us on our WHW Monday, YouTube, uh, then you'll be able to watch along with us as Tony and I, uh, try to entertain you here for the next couple hours. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, Tony. And, and you told me some information before yeah. we got going. I want you to keep that in your back pocket. We'll do okay. a countdown and we'll reveal all that and talk about all that's going on. And then of course, I don't know if you saw, but there was some news about WWE this week that we might want to touch on maybe just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know how much I can say. I can just give my opinion on it, but, uh, yeah. Cause I, I don't obviously have any inside information about it, but well, I don't really either. Uh, and even if I did, I wouldn't share it here, but, um, yeah, that's good. I'm, I just want my friends to be able to have work and enjoy themselves. I think all of our friends are just fine. Good. That's what's important to me. Isn't, isn't that something in this day and age? And that's a cliche. I know where fans take fucking sides. A little silly. Like it's the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Yeah. Uh, they're worried about the wrong thing. They're talking about the wrong thing. It's about people. It's about human beings who put their life uh, in other people's hands and put their lives in and dedicate their old careers to making a better product. And that's what it's about. It's about the people. And I know there's good people in the WWE, great people in the WWE, and I yeah. just want them to, to prosper. And they will. Yes. Listen, Vince McMahon was not going to run this company forever. He couldn't. No, he's getting, he's pushing 80 now, right? He's yeah. What, I think he's 77 next month. I think. Right. So it happens, man. There's going to be a time where probably really soon that I'm not going to be able to broadcast anymore. So it happens. Age comes in and you have to move on. So I think they knew that day was going to come. They just didn't know when, but, uh, there you go. I just hope that uh, my friends who work there do well, and I understand they are, and that's good. That's well, and all we're hoping say about that, and we're hoping that we do well next weekend. Uh, we're home stretching for Ric Flair's last match. Uh, Tony mm -hmm. Schiavone will be on the call with David Crockett. It's going to be one last run uh, for the Horseman on Saturday, and uh, Jim Crockett Promotions on Sunday. I can't believe this is real, but we're getting the band back together. Ric Flair's last match.com has all the information. If you'd like to join us, tickets are still on sale for municipal auditorium. And you can join us anywhere in the world on pay-per-view on dish mm -hmm. on satellite. And of course on fight.tv, it's all available. All the information, Ric Flair's last match.com. But Tony, without further ado, 
I'm ready to get going here. I've got it pulled up on my side. I know you've got it pulled up on your side. Since we're not really doing a traditional watch along, I think we can probably skip the fancy countdown unless you feel strongly. Uh, no, I don't feel strongly about it. We, it, we, we can do our own countdown here. You ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one play. Tell it Blanchard. Look at that barbed wire with Dark Journey, JJ Dillon, and there it is. The match beyond the giant double steel cage. As far first as I've ever, I was supposed to say this is the very first War Games, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is this is really kind of well, not kind of. It really is historic if you yeah. think about it. No doubt, because it's been a match that is. I mean, we had a you, you know. We call it blood and guts. It's war games. Oh, look at, look at uh, Rick there. I didn't realize he wore that same robe. That's the robe he'll be wearing this Sunday night on pay-per-view rock and roll express. They're going to be there. Yeah. I don't think uh, I'm not so sure this, this is footage from like maybe a star cast or <laughs> a starcade. So I'm not so sure Rick's going to wear that robe to the ring. No, I'm saying he will on Sunday. It's just cool oh, he will see, on Sunday, right? A look at him. Oh man, look at there, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane rocking those U.S. Oh, there's Michael Hayes. Look at him. Oh God, Buddy Roberts out there. Here comes Flexi Lexi looking as only he can look, as Richard might say. You know, a friend of mine owns that robe right there. I didn't know there were really? Lex Luger robes that were collectible, but my old pal Brian he found it. Like I don't know, eight years ago. They wound up on a TV. Oh, look at this devil. It's going to be remembered for a lot of things. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Schiavone, the great American bash during the summer of 1987, remembered for making professional wrestling history. Two rings completely enclosed in a cage and on the top, the site of the biggest battleground in the history of wrestling. We're talking about the war games, the match beyond. Ten men will enter. Five men will leave the victors. God, look Welcome at that Welcome to the hair. Great American Bash 1987. And you're going to take a look at the best of the Great American Bash, including the War Games. So this video release looks like a combination, maybe, of multiple Great American Bash events. How about that lighting package? David Crockett was pretty proud of that, was he not? Oh, here it is. War Games 1. We're getting right off to the hot star here, baby. The bomb. <laughs> I know dude, that voice. I don't think that was Tom Miller. indeed and uh, it, it's always fun to go back and watch how these guys came to the ring here there's no traditional entrance ramp or entrance way they're just coming through the crowd with security 
Uh, I had some people hit me up to say, this is how you should do it. Yeah. Uh, at Ric Flair's last match. I don't think we're going to do it that way, Tony. No, you no those things, uh, those things represent, uh, no, you gotta, you've got for Ric Flair's last match. You can't have him walk to the ring just like that. No, no, you can't. It is pretty cool though. I didn't realize that he wore this robe in there, but that was yeah. pretty damn iconic robe in hindsight. Was it not? Yeah, it was. Our old pal, Dick Bourne, who just went into the pro wrestling hall of fame out there, Dan Gable's out in Waterloo, Iowa. Oh, they, uh, they induct him into the hall of fame or he just visited. No, he went in, he got an acceptance speech and the whole deal. And oh, that is tremendous. Isn't it so cool that uh, I brought it up though, because that's his favorite robe by far. And he's told me that, you know, from day one and here come the road warriors and, uh, the American dream dusty roads, nice little crowd shot here. People are fired up. Got to pick up my dog. Yeah. Let's see the biggity bug. Tony, after this match, we're going to, uh, we're going to take a time out. just want to give you a heads up to be ready. Yeah. Oh, look who it is. That's not Larry oh, bird. It's Larry bird. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he had found, a lot of beer that night. Well, he also found it looked like Krispy Kreme. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but, <laughs> and he looked like he stuffed a couple of them in under his shirt as well. A pair of those road warrior shoulder pads would be badass. I've ran across yeah. a few that were available uh, on the collector side of things, but they were like late you know, like the airbrushed versions they wore towards the end of their career. But this is the set I would want. This or those red ones with the black spikes they wore in the WWF. But as a wrestling fan, what a cool collectible that is, dude. Speaking of collectibles, I think Dusty came to the ring with that six-man belt. I wasn't going to bring it up. The war games consist of eight periods. The first period is five minutes in duration. Each team will be allowed one man in the ring at a time during the first period. <laughs> After the first five minute period, the referee will conduct a coin toss to determine who has the advantage. That is to say who can have two men in the ring and who can have one. He will hold a black flag representing one team having the advantage. He will hold a black flag representing the other team. After all 10 wrestlers are in the ring, it will be time for the match beyond submission or surrender. Now let the war games begin. I wrote that script for Tom. Well, I've always wondered, uh, and I'm uh, first of all, I'm glad to know you wrote it and we're going to start with Arn Anderson and <clears throat> dusty roads. How about that? But here's my yeah. question. And, and, and wrestling fans have been curious about this for a long time. So now that we know that you wrote it, we can ask you and just go straight to the horse's mouth. As that old oh, expression God. goes, I should have never said this, but go what ahead. is the difference between submission and surrender? Nothing. So it's like saying stupid idiot. That's right. Okay. Got it. I wrote that script for Tom based on what dusty told me to say. I'm not shifting the blame, but submit or surrender was it. And from day one, it's something that I talked about where you said that's kind of the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, I thought that just does not work. That does not work. It's 87. What is dusty doing right now? He wants to, he's looking like he's going to swing off the top. I, I, if I was a wrestling, okay, now I see he's at least made his way to the corner. Uh-huh. But when he just stepped over in the middle, I'm like, I don't know what you're going to do. Oh, he wanted to do monkey bars. 
Yeah. That's he it. wanted that's a monkey bar his ass. He monkey barred his ass. I get it now. Yeah. So anyway, submit or surrender is what Dusty said. Uh, uh, put it this way. If I submit to you. So maybe one's in a hold and one's just forfeit. Yeah, right. Okay. If I submit, if I submit to you, then I'm saying I submit, you can do whatever you want. If I surrender, you need to stop. How about dusty flipping off the horseman? I know this is, uh, that's a big deal for 1987. Damn right. It is damn right. It is. But then th- this thing was just shot for home video, right? And I can't believe they don't have this on the network. The very first four games. I'm glad yeah. to be watching it with you though. I, when you sent me the video, I'm thinking, wow, it's not on the network. How about that? It doesn't make any sense, man. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. This is the one and we'll see it. Well, I think we've seen the move before where JJ gets hurt. Yeah. Ends his career, his in-ring career for good. Yeah. I actually have his boots over my head up there. Wow. The, the ones he wore in this match. That is, that's really cool. Man, the, the very first war games, you know, I. I feel a little bad that it feels like a lot of times people talk about dusty and they talk about his booking and what they end up talking about is if you really focus on the business of the wrestling business, then you wind up saying, Oh, well he overspent with JCP and some of the country music acts and the bash tour. And then maybe if you're just, uh, I don't know, an armchair quarterback, you say, Oh, he did the dusty finish too often and whatever. But dude, you really think about all the innovations that he had, including war games. And I realize nowadays, you know, war games is, is maybe not nearly what it once was, but when this first came out, dude, this was the hottest, biggest, baddest ass thing in wrestling. Was it not? Oh my God. And he really had to, I mean, I just want to put this in the proper context. This is the great American bash tour. So this is the summer of 1987. What happened towards the end of March in 1987? Do you recall? In wrestling or just in wrestling, uh, it was WrestleMania three Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant changed the way the mainstream looked at wrestling. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Rock and wrestling had been around, but it was sort of this thing that was on MTV and occasionally on late night TV, but you know, it wasn't the touring attraction that it became for the WWF until after that. But uh-huh. the visual of that arena and them being able to say that more people came to see that than anything else really helped them blow up their touring business. And, and they just enjoyed incredible success because now it wasn't just like, I don't know, Vince took every opportunity to, to, to market the hell out of that. And let's remember too, this is in the infancy of pay-per-view back then. If you wanted to see something like this, you had to either be in the arena or you had to go down to another arena and watch it on a big screen for closed circuit. Right. So they just had a ton of momentum. So dusty has to feel the pressure and you know, he wants Jim Crockett promotions who he believes has the best quote unquote work. And I think if you took a look at even the way the wrestling landscape looks right now, I think a lot of people would, would still compare the way they did WWF and Jim Crockett promotions. I think these days it would be WWE and AEW because a lot of the quote unquote smart fans, mm-hmm. they believe the best wrestling matches exist with. Oh, so there you go. Tommy young. Mm-hmm. What do you know? Those damn heels. 
they have, uh, they get the advantage, they get the advantage and incomes Tully. So now it's two on one. Anyway, I, I just think there's some similarities there where, Hey man, some of the best wrestlers in the world, where the best matches are that happens in an AEW. Uh, but if you're looking for story and Gaga and the mainstream, okay. WWE probably still has the advantage. It's that old cliche, right? The more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. And I love that no matter what, you're always on that side that has the better shit. Kudos to you. Uh, well, I don't think I've always, I don't think that the side I've been on throughout history has always had the better stuff. I mean, oh no, that that's for sure. When you get towards the end of WCW, that was not the case. No, it was not. It was not. Hey, by the way, uh, because we got the horseman in the, uh, the horseman meet and greet coming up this weekend. Yeah. It's not horseman meet and greet. It's the, uh, the last ride of the one last ride for the four horsemen. So what we've got is we've got uh, your opportunity as a wrestling fan to get your photo made on the old yeah. TBS set with all the horsemen, which right. is just badass. Right. You can also do that with Ta- David and Tony, right. but then on Saturday, one last ride for the horsemen. We'll have Arn Anderson. We'll have Tully Blanchard. We'll have Barry Windham. We'll have JJ Dillon. We'll have Richard. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And, uh, you're going to be the host that I don't think these guys have been on the stage together before. And, uh, honestly, I don't think it'll happen again. So it should be pretty damn special. And here comes road warrior animal. And right now I would not want to be Tully Blanchard. No, <laughs> they lawn darted his ass. Um, but it's, uh, Dusty's already juiced. They, uh, Tully's about Tully's, to yeah, right yeah, now. Tully, look at Tully, Tully <laughs> doing it in midair. Yeah, he's reaching for his shit in midair. Uh, but you know that uh, that is going to be great being with the horseman there. Uh, what a moment in your career, too! Just you know, you, you think back about when when you first got into this thing. It was because of Richard and some of these same guys, and then you had so many fun moments on that old set with these guys. Yeah, and then got to know them outside of the ring and have a few beers with them and some jalapeno burgers from Whataburger. Mm. And now all these years later, at, once you're back in wrestling and most of these guys are, are no longer actively in wrestling, you're getting back together with them one last time on that old set. This is like chicken soup for a wrestling fan. Is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We, uh, uh, we're going to do that at two fifteen, and that is uh, local time in Nashville on Saturday, and and that's just that's just kind of part of it. I know you got uh, your guys uh, or our our friends Matt Cardona, uh, and a guy who I've really learned to really respect and like, Mark Sterling, is on great, that podcast. Great guy, yeah. They're doing yeah. their major figure pod, and right. We got the uh, the Bret Hart panel where he'll be talking about SummerSlam '92 and the 30th anniversary with Kenny McIntosh yeah. and. So really, really fun stuff, including yeah. a visit with the new ring of honor world champion, Claudio Castagnoli. Castagnoli. He'll yeah, be on yeah, there that, with Chris Van Vliet. That's good, man. That's, that's all good stuff. That's, uh, this is, this is, this weekend is kind of like a, uh, for a wrestling fan, like a dream weekend. It really is. If you think about going back in time mm-hmm. and the recent stuff and the not so far back in time stuff, like Mick Foley's doing his podcast live on Sunday, you know, we're talking about Kevin Nash too. And, and Kevin and Nash, Kevin I don't Nash. know if you saw his new show debuted at number one, 
Uh, I mean, you can check it out on YouTube. It's phenomenal. It looks and feels different from everything else in wrestling and pages. First appearance. Hey, Brian Danielson, who's cleared to wrestle tonight on dynamite, by the way, check that out. I think he's taking on Daniel Garcia. Uh, he'll be live in person, uh, at Starcast with Renee Paquette, putting the band back together back from when he wasn't able to be in the ring, but still was hanging around WWE. So something for everybody, starcast.com or Ric Flair's last match.com. But dude, the anticipation for Sunday, I'm sure you've uh, seen, or at least heard about episode two of our docu series for Ric Flair's last match. Dude, everybody was talking about it last Monday and Tuesday. Were they not? Oh man. Everybody was talking about it where I work too. What was the, uh, consensus? Uh, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Shivani? I said, man. Yeah. I said, uh, old man, uh, I'm not going to give away, uh, what happens, but, uh, well, by now everybody knows that Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal beat the fuck out of Ric Flair in a parking lot. Yeah. I, I wish I would have been there to be able to just put one boot in. Oh, really? I said, yeah, just for old time's sake. Well, you might have your chance on Sunday night. You know, I, um, I'm not on the best of terms with Jeff Jarrett right now, but I know that really? he, uh, he showed up on SmackDown this past Friday night. He had them guns out and I'm like, man, none of that's going to help you Sunday night. Andrade is going to fuck you up, dude. Mm-hmm. I, uh, didn't know that much about him. And I know he's kind of in your family now. Yeah. In a way, but I really like working with Andrade. He is a nice guy. Yeah. He's uh, a really nice guy and so talented, man. Really like working with him. Gives us great matches. Good, good pickup for AEW. I think he and I probably hung out like eight times before we finally like clicked because obviously there's a language barrier. I hadn't been working on my Spanish. He's been working on his English, but eventually now we can just sort of look at each other and know what each other's thinking and just grin at certain things that happen in and around our family. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoy working with him, so it's good. I'm glad he's at the show. I know he's been banged up and you know, we say that all the time. I mean, we talked about Brian Danielson being banged up and uh, in this day and age, wrestlers get banged up. A lot. Well, they always did, but back then then, they rubbed some dirt on it and kept going and you didn't hear about it because there was no social media. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean to give a spoiler here, but a lot of the talk of Andrade was hurt and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Guys, he had a swollen ankle. I mean, you you know, and I'm not saying that that's not something that is going to slow somebody down or whatever, but it's not like this is a guy who's, oh man, I hope he can compete. He'll be fine. Right. And I know that. And, and here's, and I'm not saying about Andrade is because of things change and we have a medical staff now, right? The medical staff has to, when a guy gets injured, has to give the approval that he can wrestle. Right. And Tony has to go with that. Yeah. And so that's when you see a guy back, it's not because the guy, Hey man, he rubs and dirt on. He wants to come back. Medical let him medical let him. And they used to rub dirt on it, Conrad, back in the day that we're watching right now, because they had to, you, you don't work, you don't get paid. That's right. That's right. And so things have changed, uh, really for the better in the business, I think. Well, yeah, uh, I, I think by and large wrestling has gotten a lot better. And I still, I think it's 
going to continue to evolve. I, but I think that's in a large part, that's just society, man. Like we're getting better yeah, as people and more accepting and you know, all of that stuff. Right. You just and think about what was taboo a few years ago and what's just considered the norm. I mean, what's, what was controversial even 10 years ago. Right. I, it's, it's hard to imagine that within the last decade or so, we decided that it was okay for homosexuals to get married. Like, are you mm-hmm. serious? Why was that ever an issue? Like p- folks in my generation never gave a shit. Like, right. okay, cool. And, you know, I've got some friends who are a little older than me and they would say things like, well, yeah, I think everybody should be able to be measurable, you know, but, <laughs> but like on some level, that's always just tickled me. Like, wait, what now? Who yeah. cares? Why do we care? I know what I, not my I'm business. Not my, I'm the same way. I just, I never, I never got that. And, and I think that's the reason the world has changed so much based on same sex marriage. And boy, we're really getting into politics. Well, no, I don't mean to, I'm just saying, I I think a lot of times in life when people don't understand something or they don't have experience with it, then they villainize it. Yeah. They shit on it. And, and I, I grew up with a gay uncle. So it was always like, okay, if my uncle wants to get married, let him get married. What's the big deal? I mean, but I had a different experience. So I'm not, I'm not mad at those who don't have that experience. I think we can all learn and get better. You know what I mean? Watch, watch out. This is when it really gets crazy. <laughs> He's falling all over himself to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, the horsemen are going, oh shit. Just play He's dead. Flare, get in the fucking corner and turtle up. <laughs> Flair backed up. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he going to take a great bump and he did obviously, but he gets <laughs> It's like they fucking la, let a uh, tornado loose. All of a sudden, it's like hog bitten. I yeah. think Rick probably backed up going, does Mike know that this is a work? Like, <laughs> we're all fine. Okay. If you could not kill me, that'd be good. Can you imagine? I mean, just think of this. You know what? how intense he always was. And he's there watching these guys battle and cut and bleed. And he is just, as the old cliche goes, chomping at the fucking bit to get in. Right. Yeah. And so when they let him in, it's like letting a lion loose out of his cage. I, uh, I used to hang around with a friend who, um, I won't say what business he's in, but it's, it's loosely affiliated with the mortgage business. And, okay. and we did a lot of business with him and they were based, he was based just North of Nashville, a little town. I won't say where it might give it away, but he, uh, he would come down and visit and he's a guy who was super family man, you know, uh, wife and three kids, lovely boy, two, uh, two daughters, whole deal, but lives on like a compound. So he's got like his brothers out there on that same piece of property and his parents on that same piece of property. But this is a guy who's in church three days a week and all that type stuff. But buddy, when he would come to Huntsville and I was single, he would be like, you ever have, like, you have to put your dog in a pen and you know, cause you got to go run errands or whatever. And you don't want him to get into any mischief. And then right. you wind up being a little later coming home than you hoped. As soon as you open that door, the, the dog feels the need to not only dart out of the cage, but he wants to run outside and run around the house two or three times just to get that nervous energy off. Happens that was my friend. Time. That was my friend. And that was road dog or not road dog. That road was warrior. the road warrior Hawk right there. As soon as they opened the cage, he shot out like your dog who'd been there a little too long. Yeah. And he was ready to go. Yeah. Bug and Chewy, we do that every time Lois and I go out. We put them in a kennel, what we call a kennel. Yep. And we, we come into the door, they go fucking nuts. Yes. Rrr, 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 and they're doing it at the cage. 
And I, we open the door and I always say, go get them. And they fucking run and they do got hardwood floors and they're scooting on the hardwood floors. They're running so fast as Fred Flintstone (laughs) just in the same spot. It's, it's hilarious. We, we really enjoy it every time. And then they shoot outside and we let them go, you know, go pee or whatever. And then as soon as they smell something new, they stop. That's right. (laughs) They go from a full sprint to new smell. What is this? And when the first one pees, the other one's got to go pee on top of that. Absolutely. It's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful having a dog, but yeah, you're right. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but you're right. It was like letting your dog out. Total chaos. Yeah. Man, JJ Dillon, you got to feel for him in there with dusty roads and and the road warriors on some level. (laughs) He's going to be like, guys, I'm a manager. (laughs) Can I go sit down please? And he probably wishes when the night was over that he was supposed to, because as I recall, they broke his shoulder, right? Yeah, they did. And it's one of those things where, okay, it, this is, uh, Fabe's still alive back yeah. then, Yeah. but I think almost everybody knew the one I, I, didn't we all know that JJ was going to be the one to submit? I mean. It, 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 yeah. I mean, listen, you can sometimes tell when you look at a matchup, oh, that guy's yeah. taking the fall. Right. And here, yeah, it would make sense because you're going to quote unquote hurt him less as far as his standing with the fans and the ability to work house shows and draw money. And yeah, I'll look at JJ blading right on camera. I know. <laughs> Hadn't seen that since a few Wednesdays ago. <laughs> Kids. Um, well, you know, how about, how about putting the video font up? Right in the middle of the match, like we saw. In case you not show sure what you're watching. Yes. Yeah, so this war is not a game. prison riot. <laughs> it's, it's called the war games. Yeah. By the way, when did that movie war games come out with Matthew Broderick? Was that around this time? Was that the next uh, year? That was, that was early eighties because that was, that what was right after Lois and I were married. Okay. So yeah, let me, let me go ahead and throw that in here. It's probably 81, maybe 82. I don't believe that it was that early. I, I mean, I believe you that you believe that. 83. 83, okay. It's been a while since I saw that. I may watch that a little later. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool movie. Get in the war games mode. Mm-hmm. Hey, so uh, I've been uh, in the, the times that I have. My... Uh, my, my life has changed because my sleep schedule has changed. Of course. Because I stay up late now. Right. Because I have to. Uh, so now I'm staying up late here at the house to try to Get stay on, on the schedule. same schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been playing a lot of video games. And? Uh, and I've opened up a Twitch channel. <gasps> wow. I've only done it like twice, but uh, there's old battery, battery ram there. Uh, but I'm going to do a lot more of it. And I have discovered... I may have mentioned this on an earlier episode of what happened when okay. I've discovered that the gaming community yeah. or some here's, oh, wait a minute. Here's oh, the, here's the, let's track it yeah. right on the shoulder. You see him grabbing the shoulder. Yeah. Kind of laying over. 
So just so I'm clear, I feel like that's JR's voice too. Yeah. Would this have been, where would this have ranked? Cause this is 87. So this is around the same time of the acquisition, right? Yeah. I think, and I may be wrong and I could talk to JR. He may, he may know, uh, even David may know. I think this is the first time Jim and I ever worked together. Really? Yeah. And there you see JJ who is in severe pain <clears throat> and it's, it's going to have to go to the hospital right after this. No fooling. Right. And I think, uh, I think that, is it over? See, this is where, this is where for the match, the yeah, dream the team. this is where it gets convoluted, right? Because it's just like all of a sudden the match stops. Right. And, and I think you and I talked about this before, because you're the first person I ever heard sort of be critical. Let's track Chuck and Tom. We'll come back. Event. Introducing first from Detroit, Michigan, weighing in at 265 pounds, Rick Steiner. And now his opponent, the Western States Heritage Champion from Sweetwater, Texas, weighing in at 250 pounds, Barry Wyndham. So the Western States Heritage Championship, what, who's your favorite champion of that prestigious title? Zabisco. Well, I mean, there were three, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you years ago said, nah, I didn't like the war games. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. And you had some real logic behind it. I had never heard before. And now I've decided I agree. Not necessarily yeah. that I don't like the war games, but right. that it should have a one, two, three. That's right. You, you fans pop on that your contention. And I think you're spot on is that it builds to the drama with the, the three count fans are, are conditioned to understand one, two, is it going to fall? Is it going to fall? Will he, can he, is this the end? No. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to, okay. Yeah. I quit. There's no, there's no anticipation. There's no build. You made a lot of sense with that. And I went from thinking Tony is out of his mind to damn, that's Shivani's pretty slick because I agree with that. I, I felt that from the word go when I heard about this, because go back now. And, and of course we've seen the, the war games already here, go back. There were 10 men in the ring, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden the match stops. And the only way, you know, that match stops is when Tom Miller announces so-and-so is submitted and you're thinking. Where did that happen in, in that conglomerate and all those people bloodied and beating on each other? Where did that happen? And I think he said, JJ submitted. I'm not sure that he said that or not, but it's like, it's it, to me, it's confusing. And see, I, I again, I'm going to put our company over because that's what I do, but it, I'm true. What we did was we brought them up on top of the cage, right? So where everybody could see them. And now the focus was on them. And that's where the submission happened right up on top of the cage. And of course, then, you know, we had, uh, we've had a, there, there are me and look at me and Jay, uh, Jay, or me and uh, Jim Ross, Jr. together. Let's track a little bit. Here you go. I'm not trying to be critical, but the mix on this is fucking way off. Is it not? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Like you guys are so low and the crowd's really loud, which is cool, yeah. but God dang, I sure would like to hear a little more of y'all. 
There's a one, two, three. Fast yeah, too. Wyndham got look at that chick in the sequin dress. You see that? Yeah, man. She she got a big night planned. She was dressed up like she was going to the damn prom. She was, and her prom was going to be some hotel. I would imagine. Who was getting the last dance? Uh, I don't know. And was anybody asking the cut in? <laughs> Chances are back in eighty seven, yes. Probably so. Uh, let's, let's read some of the observer. That's right. They had observers back in 87. The top story of the week revolves around Jim Crockett's great American bash tour, which began this past Wednesday from the early reports. It appears that July will be even more successful than many of us had expected as three of the first four shows drew large crowds and massive gates. The tour opened on July 1st in Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida for a $40,000 house, which was a lot less than expected, but still impressive for a city that size. July 2nd at the Capitol Center, which was the NWA's debut at the main arena in the DC area, drew nearly 15,000 fans and 194 grand. July 3rd in Richmond drew 8,500 fans with a $15 and $25 ticket for a $125,000 gate. But it was heavily papered in the Omni in the Atlanta area, but they still drew 13,500 and a whopping $250,000 for the match beyond. So that's what we just saw. And he says, since most of the hype was directed at Atlanta, I'll run that show down here and get to the others later in the newsletter. The show opened with Michael Hayes in concert. And I was given a favorable report on that. Tony, you were there. Is that real? Was it a favorable report? Did Michael Hayes do a good job singing here? I think so. Okay. Look at you. Yeah. I I think, you know, listen to I, uh, their, their song, bad street USA was awesome was tremendous and that was the highlight of that. And I think that they pulled it off and, you know, as only Michael Hayes can do. Right. Meanwhile, what we're talking over here is Lex Luger and Nikita Koloff in a cage match. Uh, this is not the double ring setups. This is another night on the bash tour. I love the way it's lit. I love the way it looks. Um, anyway, Melzer will continue. Hayes is a real good showman on stage and the crowd was really into him. They also had a David Allen coast, uh, concert. And that was oh. only the first city in the first week, which had musical acts. The rest were all wrestling. So the card started at eight 30 PM and they had 12 matches scheduled because of that. Plus the fact the main event technically was forced by the stipulation to go around 30 minutes. Most of the matches were very short, although I'm told they were action packed for the most part. We had Kendall Wyndham over gladiator. Number one, who was Gary Royal. They got four minutes and 59 seconds. Sting would beat Thunderfoot number one. You remember who that was? Yeah, that was uh, Thunderfoot number one was Joel Deaton. You got it. Five minutes and 40 seconds there. Hector Tron pinned Spike of the Mod Squad in seven minutes. Jimmy Valiant would roll up the Basher of the Mod Squad. uh, And he would write that was the worst on the card. Um, As you saw, Barry Windham would beat Rick Steiner in just five minutes. Jimmy and Ronnie Garvin would down Vladimir Petrov and Conga, the barbarian in six minutes, Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner would retain the UWF tag team belts, beating big Bubba Rogers and the angel of death. Chris Adams would beat black Bart. Uh, the Freebirds would beat Paul Jones and Ivan Koloff and Manny Fernandez. The rock and roll express would successfully defend against the midnight express, but buddy, it only went four minutes and that's a shame. Uh, Steve Williams would beat Dick Murdoch in a Texas death match. Um, we also had the match beyond, which as you saw was 26 minutes. 
Meltzer would say, I was told everyone, but Lex Luger and Paul Ellering bled and most of them bled very badly. The match was fought tornado style with excellent heat. And while the match wasn't a match of the year candidate, it was great action. Most of the way through for those interested, dusty started against Arn, then came Tully, animal flair, Nikita, Luger, Hawk, JJ, and Ellering in that order. Each time a baby face entered to break up the heels, one man advantage, the place went pretty wild as the heels controlled everything during those man advantage periods. So that's pretty cool to hear him break down the very first war games. And I'm glad we got to watch this together because as you said, pretty historic show for a lot of reasons, the first, you know, the big bash tour, uh, the, the, the first war games very soon after the whole acquisition, you, maybe you and Jr. working together for the first time, right? Pretty cool little moment here. Yeah, it's all great. It's all a great moment for, for Jim Crockett promotions and a a great time to be involved in wrestling personally for me. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, when, when Jr. got involved in the TBS show, there was a little bit of, you know, David and I had done it for so long together. Right. People didn't want anything else. They wanted that. Right. And it was, it was really at at first uncomfortable for me and David Mm. because we had been so used to each other at first, but then quickly I, I, I realized that JR was damn good at what he did and I thought he made it a better show. So then it transitions to me and Jr. calling the action, and David doing the interviews, which I didn't mind. Although I really enjoyed holding the microphone for those guys, you know, uh, and I still enjoy holding the microphone for guys. Um, I really do. But, um, and, and, and not only that, I had some historic hair. Good God. Oh, this- absolute legendary hair. Now, by the way, just to let you know, and this is obviously not in the same arena. This is a single ring with a cage around it. And this is the Greensboro Coliseum. And you know how I can tell? Uh, how? Okay. When they pull out here. The lights around the. Yeah. Around the top. See yeah. Those little bar lights. That's yep. where, those were the top of the Greensboro Coliseum. I see. So, uh. Get out of the way of the camera, JJ. God damn it. Well, the cameras, I mean, I don't, I think they shot that intentionally over his shoulder. Yeah. They shot intentionally over his shoulder cause he was there, but in reality, and, and you know what? We've learned so much more about TV now. And a lot of times it's hard to, uh, teach these kids who have been basically doing independent wrestling and have not done a lot of what, what I consider is big network TV. You got to learn to work. Don't have your, the back of your head in the hard camera. You have to work the side where you face the hard camera as I'm talking like managers. Okay. Yeah. Go around and stand to where they can see you. And it's like, uh, if somebody, if a manager goes around and gets, gets in, uh, gets between the hard camera and the, the ring. Somebody's going to tell the referee, get him to the other side of the ring. And they just don't know that, you know, because they, they, they don't, they don't know to work to the cameras. And, and that's been a, that's been an ongoing thing since, since AW, uh, since AW was, uh, was formed, you know, we've got to work through that. 
it, it's it's not a house show anymore, guys, to where you can go wherever you want to go. You have to work to the camera. And so it's it's different. And you know what? It's a it's a challenge. I like the challenge. I like the challenge trying to help kids know where the camera is, what to do. I do. Can I ask you uh, about something we've never talked about before? And you may not know all the information. And even if you do, you may not want to talk about it. Okay. And I respect that. All right. This is that same issue. The observer, I'd never heard it. And it just jumped off the damn page. Yeah. Richard Landrum, who was a TV announcer for Crockett up until around three years ago, before Tony Schiavone was recently convicted of nine felonious counts in order to spend the next 90 years in prison or until he's 130 years old. In a bizarre case, which seems more like a made for TV movie rather than reality. Landrum was convicted of wiretapping his estranged wife's phone calls and then putting a bomb in the car of one of the guys she was dating. Oh my God. Now I feel like I had dinner with rich Landrum 10 years ago. Yeah. So I, I reckon, think- I reckon he's over 130 or did he beat this? Uh, he had to beat it because he's done some inter. Well, you can do interviews, I guess, from prison. Uh, <laughs> did you know about this story? I did. I didn't know. I, this is the first time I ever, first time I ever heard about it as a rule of thumb guys. If you can hear me, if you go through a bad breakup and Hey, we've all been there. Uh huh. Don't put a bomb on no bitches cars. Y'all Lord, that's less than <laughs> ideal. Shouldn't she be doing have, that. She must've really been good. Uh, uh, what is uh, this? Uh, I I've never, I've read it three times thinking that it's gotta be a type. Are they a low on toner here? What's going on? That can't be real. I'm not reading what I'm reading. Well, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking up his, uh, his Wikipedia page right now. Yeah. There's nothing in there about this. You don't reckon that they made shit up. I mean, Lord. is Dave ahead of his time? Is Dave is Dave, is Dave ahead of the internet where they make shit up all the time? Do you have a phone number for him? We got to get Landrum? to the bottom of this. Yeah. No, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> okay, here's what the Wikipedia says about Rich Landrum, and, and I do want to read it because Rich Landrum was part of me growing up. Right. But I did read an interview that he did back when this was, I think, when you and I were. For starting the podcast. Holy shit. I just found the court case. Oh, you did. <laughs> Damn. I didn't know, but I did not know about this. Okay. A jury anyway. convicted Landrum in June of 87 for making and possessing an unregistered bomb. Well, how do you register a bomb? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the conduct for which Landrum was convicted occurred during 85 and 86. Landrum was sentenced on September 17th, 1987. And as part of his sentence, the district court ordered him to pay restitution to several of his victims, including $1,432 to his ex-wife, Linda Landrum, uh, and $5,483 to her insurer, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Virginia, for the cost of Mrs. Landrum's psychological counseling. (laughs) Landrum subsequently appealed his conviction, but raised no objection to his sentence, and we affirmed. So listen, it was set aside later and I guess he beat it and all that. And he didn't wind up going to prison, but I really legitimately had no freaking idea that we were going to ever mention the word bomb outside of a bad angle on this program. (laughs) That is uh, that's an amazing story. How how have I never heard that until today? 
No, me neither. I and listen to he was. He you was know, you know him, Atlantic right? Territory. I know. I did, I never met Rich. Not at all. Well, I met him at the uh, Mid Atlantic Fan Fest. Okay. And I, I did one of those Hall of Heroes dinners. I think it may have been the one where Dick Bourne got inducted. Yeah, maybe that was a different one. Either way, I wound up being there, and I sat at his table and. I have to admit, I didn't grow up watching JCP, so I had no idea who this was, but the idea was at the hall of heroes, you'll have some celebrity sit at your table. Well, I got rich Landrum, but I didn't even know who that was, but I wound up sitting there with Bruce Mitchell and this was before Bruce Mitchell got canceled two years ago or whatever. And so I was like, oh dude, I used to read your stuff. Nice to meet you. That was my first time meeting Bruce, but I had no idea. I mean, I would, I really want to go back in time and have that dinner and be like, so man, can we just talk about the bomb? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably soften it up a little bit, but I, I got to pick his brain. Mr. Landrum, yeah. if you're out there, I would love to have a conversations with Conrad about you. We won't bring the bomb up till the end. <laughs> a bomb. Bring it up. A bomb. A bomb. <laughs> like that doesn't seem like a real sentence, man. Yeah. A bomb. Again, she must've been good. There, what does that even mean? Tony? What do you think it means? Well, it means, it means after this, uh, match, we need to take a damn break. That's what she must've been a good lover. Conrad is what I'm saying. You ever had, you ever, you ever had relations so good that if you thought somebody else would get it, you'd bomb that motherfucker. That's never even crossed my mind. No (laughs) referee bump. Um, well, here's, you're right though. We need to have the conversations with Conrad with her. Yeah. (laughs) right well she's in her she's an elderly lady now so lois put that thing on you when you turned uh when you had your special birthday a few years ago so anyway rich landrum (laughs) said on an on an interview yes sir at tony shivani hates the business i remember reading that oh and i'm think, and i remember thinking fuck you dude you like the business better than you like your (laughs) ex-wife that's right you don't, you don't know about me. And I guess he just read that on the internet and. Well, we just read that he tried to bomb his ex-wife, <laughs> but he, but I listen, I grew up, I grew up with rich, rich Lander was a host of worldwide wrestling. was a great host, great voice. And, uh, I watched rich on worldwide and Bob Cottle on uh, mid Atlantic. Those were my two shows. And when I was in Craigsville, Virginia, we didn't have TBS. And it wasn't until I moved uh, into Stanton during college years that uh, I I even saw uh, World Championship Wrestling on TBS with Gordon Soley. Hey, that, that's going to get us done. Tony, I'm, uh, I'm at 46, 41, 42, 43. When I get to 45, I'm going to hit pause. There it is. And we're going to take this time out right now to tell you about our friends at chili sleep, Tony, I absolutely oh. love chili sleep. It's become a big part of my life. And I know since you were just telling us your sleeping schedule is a little different, chili yep. sleep is helping you get the rest you need as well. Right? Yeah. And, and really the rest that I need is, uh, is a different hour of the day, different hours of the day. Uh, I usually go to bed now about 4am, um, and sleep until like 11 and, and I still get my seven hours sleep, but Again, even though my schedule has changed, and even though Lois has said, you know, you've changed your schedule, your sleep is not going to be a good, as good. I'm going to bullshit. I got chili sleep. So it doesn't matter what time. And you know what? Even when I take a nap, 
And sometimes I'll, I'll crawl into bed and take a nap. I'll crank that sucker up, buddy. Absolutely. Dude. If I'm yeah. in the bed, chili sleep right. is working. We believe in it. You will too. Chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well being. Let me explain. The science has told us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering your core body temperature. Now, if you live in the South, you already knew that, which is why you have a ceiling fan over your bed. Maybe you crank down the AC before you go to sleep. I used to do all that. I don't need to anymore though. Now I've got a chilly sleep. I have a Uller, but they also make the cube sleep system. Either way, we're talking hydro power, temperature controlled mattress toppers. Let me explain guys. This fits over your existing mattress. So it's not a new mattress, but it is pretty awesome. You can sync it with your phone. They've got a great app and you can control it just like a remote control. You can even automate it to where your bed starts getting cool at the certain time every night. Maybe you want to warm up to wake up. You can do that too. Now my wife, Megan, she wants to climb into a warm bed, but then she doesn't want to be all hot and sweaty at night. So she wants it to cool her off as she sleeps, but then warm up to wake up. You can do all of that. By the way, we do all this in the same bed. Her <laughs> schedule and her temperature is different from mine. Chili sleep can make that happen. I cannot recommend this enough. These luxury mattress pads, keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold, they're designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. And by the way, here's something we haven't talked about on the program. Tony, once upon a time, I had an issue with my Uller. I got on the horn with, uh, with chili sleep. They fixed it right away. New Uller oh. on the way. And Very so cool. there's a lot of products out there. And so like in my business, in the real estate and mortgage game, when people are looking for a builder, I remind them all the time, guys, a lot of folks can build you a pretty house. What you want is a builder who will stand behind his product. Chili sleep stands behind their product. Their customer service is off the charts. If, if I got tattoos, I'd consider getting a chili sleep tattoo, Tony. And that's how strongly I feel about this product. Tell them about our special offer we got right now. Okay, guys and gals, head over to chilisleep.com slash WHW to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for What Happened When listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash WHW. To take advantage of our exclusive discount and, as we do, wake up refreshed every day. Tony, let's get back to it. I'm at 4645 and we're going to press play here in three, two, one play. So Luger just used the, or JJ's just slid him the chair. Referee went down. He hits Nikita with it and he is your winner. Lex Luger, still the U S champion. By the way, Lex Luger will be a star cast. Absolutely. will. How about this one? Dr. Death's got Magnum with him. In a Texas death match, this is back again at the Omni with the two rings. <laughs> hey, God. Captain Redneck, baby. Yeah, man. Something else. What a character he was. Wow. You know, he's a guy that I've heard a whole bunch of negative stuff about. Yeah. And I didn't know any of that. I just saw the matches back in the day. And he would right. do like this three stooges routine mm -hmm. and it tickled me. Yep. But then you, you learn more about some of his beliefs and you're like, well, I don't know about all that. 
Right. Uh, look at Magnum, man. What a moment this was. There's a great look at the boss, Magnum TA. And Magnum TA will be in Dr. Death's corner. And his counterpart, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, uh, the accomplice of Dick Murdoch. There's Hot Stuff, and you know, he's having some words with Magnum. Magnum over there has his arm in a sling. So Dick Murdoch was going to do a promo. He grabbed the mic, and they just cut that right out and jumped right into the action. Mm-hmm. Love seeing Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. What a talented uh, kid he was, buddy. We just talked about him, believe it or not. Mick Foley and I did on his new podcast, Foley is pod. Uh, he, he, Mick gave him, gives him, uh, gives him, I'll get it right. A lot of credit for helping getting him going, uh, to become like this indie superstar, you know, in between his television stints, I suppose with WCW, but go out of your way to check it out. Uh, Eddie Kingston, our mutual friend liked it so much. Because, uh, Eddie, uh, Gilbert was one of the first inspirations for Eddie Kingston. He said, he's one of the first guys he saw and thought, man, I want to do this. How fun is that? Yeah. You know, I, I may have said this on the show and if I have, uh, please let me know. Cause I do at my age tend to repeat myself, but I told Eddie Kingston about a month ago yeah, that we're a better company because of him. I agree. I just. My, uh, my respect, love, admiration for Eddie Kingston is off the charts. Just amazing kid. I, uh, I made sure to text him Thursday morning after his barbed wire everywhere match. And I know that sometimes, um, guys can be as a, as a human being. Not just as a wrestler, not just as a performer, not just as a public person, but sometimes we're our own worst critics. And I feel like sometimes Eddie Kingston, and and I don't know, I'm not proclaiming to be like best of friends with Eddie or anything. I'm just saying, I feel like sometimes it comes through in his promo that he, because his promos are real, by the way, that he is his own worst critic. And so I was like, dude, I just want to make sure as a fan, he has the proper context. So I just texted him. Some yeah. nice words about, dude, you were in the main event of a fucking barbed wire match on TNT against Chris Jericho. Mm. No matter, you know, what you wish could have been a little different here or there. And we didn't talk about any of that, but I just know that some guys, you know, like I'm, as you know, I have somebody who's pretty close to me. Who's kind of a big deal in WWE and they put a lot of pressure on themselves that every match is supposed to be the best one ever. Uh, but we, as fans, we don't have that expectation. We, we just want to be entertained. Yeah. And Eddie is, Eddie is, uh, his own worst critic. Well, uh, see, yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. I didn't know that, but I certainly got that vibe. And I was like, yeah. dude, that was a big deal. What happened yeah. last night? And I don't want him walking around saying, man, I wish I could have did this or I should have did that or you know, whatever people do. I mean, we all do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I just, uh, I'm so happy for him. Cause a few years ago, a lot of people, maybe him included didn't think he was going to quote unquote, make it Eddie Kingston has made it. Yes, he has. Uh, and and, and it's not just him receiving the benefit. I appreciate what you said that AEW is a better company because of him. He's not a scavenger yeah. fish, just hanging on along for the ride. Yeah. He's right. bringing value every time that red lights right. on. And he's 
so easy to work with behind the scenes. He really is. And let me tell you something about being your own uh, worst critic. Uh, well, Murdoch could not continue. Uh, and we're all probably better for it. Uh, well, wait a minute. He's, he went to get something. He's not done yet. He rolled over to the table there and picked up something. And now, as we used to be able to say, you know, we used to call this a Pearl Harbor. Can't do that. Can't do that anymore. No. Attack him from behind. Um, but anyway, being your own worst critic, you, there's a couple of ways you can, you can go with being your own worst critic. You can better yourself and become a better wrestler and a better interviewer because you're so determined to get better. And every time you hear yourself, Murdoch is fucking with us right here, by the way, he knows where he is. He sat down in the damn chair. <laughs> anyway, you can be, it seems sitting in the chair, you can be your own worst critic and he's holding on to Jr. He's Dick Murdoch, buddy overselling. <laughs> As only Dick Murdoch could do. So anyway, uh, you can be your own worst critic and it can make you a better wrestler and a better interviewer and just a better employee, or you can be your own worst critic. And you're so wrapped up in being your own worst critic that you are paranoid and you are, you, you just don't function. You just, you don't improve. Right. There's a fine line there. There really is. And I, and I've seen it in wrestling. Uh, we're so long. Murdoch just tumbled out of the ring there. Uh, wow. Here's something you won't see. These days. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, <laughs> well, uh, here's something else that didn't age well, but you know, and back then, of course, I think they started rocking all that gear, uh, out in world-class and it was supposedly. Yeah. Uh, about Texas versus Georgia, because that used to be part of the Georgia flag. And right. it was more of a, a state rivalry thing. And of course, these days we know that, well, to a lot of folks that represents hate and it is, uh, gone and canceled forever. And by the way, cool with me, you yeah, know, if, if, there, if there's anything that some sort of symbol represents hurt and, and, and upset feelings and okay, well, let's get rid of the symbol. That's easy. <laughs> I just, I, I, I've never been a flag person. No, me neither. Like I don't have and, any flags now. No. And you know what? I don't Lois is a flag person. You know, I mean, both of our fathers were in the military. Right. And so I get it. Absolutely. Lois, Lois's father retired in the military. My dad just served his years and then left, but she is really big into the, the American flag being at our house and I hate to say this, and I don't want to be shit on before, but I, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. It, it really doesn't. If she wants to put it up, great. We, There's um, our flag. Yeah. We don't have any, I mean, I'm not anti-American, Lord. I'm, I'm proud to be an American and I can't believe right. that's a controversial thing to say in 2022, but I understand, you know, there's, we've had our fair share problems, not just recently, but, uh, since the beginning, Wait a minute. I'm, I'm proud to be an American is a controversial thing. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. We, you and I have some, uh, mutual acquaintances who were ashamed to be Americans. Okay. 
I am not one of them, but let me say this at the lake house that we've talked about here on the show, you know, don't fuck with that goose and whatnot. It, it, it had a, uh, a flagpole towards the end of the little peninsula that has now collapsed and it's, uh, the flagpole is, is busted. Well, we're replacing it with a new flag and I'll Uh probably put one, you know, on the boathouse, and I'll certainly have one on the back of my boat and all that, because those are like cool things to do, but I'm going to go from being somebody who doesn't have an American flag anywhere at my house. Uh, unless it's on some piece of decor that I kind of forget about right now, but it's not yeah. like a real deal flag flag to somebody who probably has three just because, you know, there's a spot for it. If that makes sense. Right. Well, just a symbol, carry on your life, take care of your family, be a good person, work hard, go to church and don't worry about what a flag says. Just keep on moving. As Dustin Rhodes has said, and his father told him back in his bleak part of his life, which was very bleak, keep on stepping. And that's his motto. And that's what I say. If you're offended by what you see, keep on stepping. Worry about your life. That's all I do. Paul Jones, way past his prime here, and looks at... (laughs) And once again, he's obviously going to be the one to take the fall. One, two, three. Look at you. It's like you've <laughs> done this before. Right. Yeah. So we, got, was um, we got a handful of questions I want to get to, but first I want to mention coming up next, it's a hundred thousand dollar barbed mm. wire ladder match lights out non-title. A hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money in any era. So what they're talking about, as you recall, is JJ conning Jim Crockett and putting up the $50,000 on his behalf, right? It's going to be a standard ladder match, but the ropes are going to be covered in barbed wire. And this is by the way, 1987. Right. So I just want to remind everybody. When people talk about this guy invented a ladder match, that guy invented a ladder match. I hear you. Here's one in 1987 with dusty freaking roads. And it's not just a regular old ladder match. We got barbed wire wrapped around the ropes. Yes, sir, buddy. When I see uh Tully dressed here in his jeans, got his bandana around his neck, a four horseman t-shirt. Look at dusty taped up fists, got a flannel shirt, rocking jeans. It feels like they're getting ready for a bunkhouse battle Royal. Yes. There's dark journey who recently, I think had a, uh, a picture posted over the weekend with Missy Hyatt. I think they were on the beach together. I wonder what they talked about. Hmm. Wow. Wouldn't you love <laughs> to be a fly on the wall for some of those conversations? I just actually would love to have been sitting there with them. Oh, I know that. So if there was yeah. a makeup chair nearby or a beach chair, mm-hmm. some wine, you could swirl around with them till late yeah. in the night. Hey, this is from Charlotte, by the way. Yeah. You can tell just based on the setup. Right. And it's the stadium outdoors. Absolutely. In Charlotte. Is it just me or as, as Cody gets older, does his facial expression start to look more and more like dusty thinking the same thing with that hair slick back that blonde hair. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like once upon a time I was like, man, they don't look anything alike. And now it's like. Okay. Yeah. 
I was wrong. Cody nursing his injury. I understand. Yep. Doing the rehab won an SP last week. How about that? I heard that. I, well, I actually, I saw that. I saw, I just saw a graphic online. That's I didn't read about it, but what was the SP for? Uh, biggest moment in WWE of the year. And it was, I, I believe it was his return at WrestleMania. Yeah. That was a big moment. Oh, it was a huge moment. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm so happy for him. I really am. We've talked about that. You know, I appreciate you saying that because there is this narrative out there that I think fans misunderstand sometimes that, well, if you work for AEW, you hate everyone who works for WWE, you sleep under an AEW blanket. You don't talk to those people. You don't look in their general direction. Guys, that's a little silly. Uh, you, you, you put it in very, very kind terms. Um, fans don't understand. You say some fans don't understand. No, they understand they're just fucking idiots. Well, I'm not going to say okay. that people who they listen to our show. Oh, wow. Fucking idiots. I'm going to okay. agree to disagree there. Okay. Now I'm not listen. Love our fans. I do. I love every fan that comes, but the ones that get behind the keyboard and say this shit on social media are pieces of shit. They are. You can give your opinion and we take it to heart. And, but if your opinion is cited is tainted because you love so WWE and, so. and, yeah. and because you love WWE, you hate AEW, hate AEW or the reverse. That's negative. Why? You know, I was on Chris Jericho's. I think I may have mentioned this. I was on Chris Jericho's podcast when, uh, what happened? It wasn't when Bobby Eaton died. But it was Meltzer and I were on Chris Jericho's podcast. And so as we're waiting on Chris and we get on Zoom, Dave and I are talking. Oh, it's when Jim Crockett died. When Jim Crockett died. That's right. So Dave and I are talking. And Dave is the one that brought up. He said, can you, isn't it, isn't it just like odd? I don't even use the word odd or, or terrible or stupid that fans are, some fans are the way they are. That why would fans want, want people to lose their job, you know, hope they go out of business. Why, why, why? And I know I've brought up this narrative before, but my God, I want everybody to prosper. Right. When I see someone at the side, I, sincerely, when I see someone at the side of the road, look at that eye bleeding on dusty. I want to, I, I feel bad for them, you know, and, not all people on the side of the road begging for money are legit, but I, I want to see everybody be happy. And, and I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And there's a lot of people say, well, they're just kids that liked stirring up shit. And I don't know, but here's your first ladder match, 10,000, a $100,000, right? High above the ring, $100,000 and your first ladder match. I would say got right out of home Depot, but I don't think the home Depot was a thing back in 87. Now it may have been, let me mention this. I know that I'm going to get blown up because when I talked about first ladder matches, people are going to think that I was denying that it happened in stampede first. I know it happened in 72 in stampede wrestling, not arguing Uh, that, but I feel like a lot of people think the first ladder match was Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall at WrestleMania 10 in 1994. Yeah. And some other people think, no, it was actually Brett and Shawn in 1992. Both of those matches happened. 
but in 1972, stampede wrestling did it. But as far as a national platform, this, in my opinion, is the first big one. Now, there may have been one, uh, abroad that I don't know about world of sport or something like that, but here in America, first big one right here. There you go. You know how to prevent people from blowing up your Twitter? Uh, don't look at it. Exactly. Well, I don't know that mean you talked about this, but I, um, I don't have social media on my phone anymore. And you're probably much happier. I deleted it. You know, I had too much going on. Right. And I was like, you know what? Something's got to give. Can't do all this. So, right. After this uh, match, by the way, I said, me and you, uh, take another break. Okay. Yo, we've seen a lot of gore and a lot of blood in this episode of what happened when, man. Well, the, you know, they knew what they needed to sell on yeah. videos and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm wondering, Tony, did I drop the ball? Should I have had a barbed wire match for Jim Crockett promotions next Sunday? Cause, or this Sunday? Cause I don't, no. I didn't do you that. Should. No, you shouldn't have. You're doing the right thing. By the way, if I was going to, I would have tried to get Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask you this on, I think you and I have talked about this off air, but, uh, here comes JJ in. Oh, he just cold cocked. Just up. nailed the referee. <laughs> Damn. Get the fuck out of my way. Okay. Anyway, you were going to ask me about this. You said, yeah, uh, this should be the finish of the match. I'll ask you afterwards. So let's see how, how this all works. So Barry Windham comes in to cut off JJ Dillon. Uh-huh. Tully's trying to climb the ladder and Dusty couldn't get him off. So Dusty drop kicks the ladder. That's right. A Dusty drop kick to the ladder. Down everybody goes. Now Dusty has the glove. He's trying to put the glove on it and what fits. So he just hits Tully with it, puts it near his uh penis meat in his jeans. And JJ continues to get choked. And down. now he's gonna have the referee hold the ladder. Roads has the money. Tony, we're at uh when we get to 10620, I'm gonna hit pause. Okay. And we're there now. We're gonna go ahead and take a timeout right now because I'm sure if you were in that ring and you got your hands on a hundred thousand dollars, you'd have a Woodrow. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Uh yes. Well, if you want to feel like you too just want a hundred grand and you want a Woodrow. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate, give your wiener, the hot tag with blue chew blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take these blue daddies anytime day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready to do a little run in. If you will. Now the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online, baby. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA. They're prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package, but there won't be anything discreet about your package. Tony says it gets him so hard. Even a cat couldn't scratch it. I had some delivered to my office this week. I was so excited. I 
ran right home and put on a show and uh, I'm waiting for Meltzer's review. I hope he gives me at least four stars, but Tony, we're going to talk about how we can help our listeners get a free hot tag for their ding dong. Tell them about it, Tony. Yeah. If you'd like to run right home and put on a show, <laughs> I like how you phrase that. Uh, if you could benefit from extra confidence, uh, when it's time to reform a uh, blue chew can help. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code WHW at checkout and just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code WHW at checkout to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Always, they were a charter uh, member of what happened when they've been with us the longest, which is why we're coming to you live from the blue chew studios. Cause everything around these parts is hard. Thanks to blue chew. Check it out right now. Tony, let's get going again here in three, two, one play. And we are back at it here as we see dusty Rhodes celebrating with a hundred thousand dollars, giving a little hug to his friend, Barry Windham and off they go through the big stadium show here in Charlotte. And there's your winner. And of course, you know, what's coming up next, or maybe you don't recall, but I don't here. It is the world heavyweight champion, uh-huh. the nature boy, Ric Flair going to be taking on Jimmy jam. Garvin got precious in the corner. Yeah. A little old school stuff here. It's a cage match. Flair considered uh, Jimmy a non contender. So he's demanding that precious is here as a uh, collateral for this title shot, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, winning the date, I guess, is about the same time. Again, the Greensboro Coliseum, as you see the lights. Look at that robe again. The white there one with the purple trim. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know, as as I, I shouldn't have done this, but I did. I said I got something to say, and then we got into to our, our talk, and I forgot. That's okay. It'll come back to you. No, uh, where we talking? I don't know what you're talking about. The big gold belt, Tommy Young. Man, all the feels here, man. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, every time we've seen Rick today, he's been wearing purple tights too. Wow. I got to look at uh Rick's gear. He's got purple boots with, uh, white letters, purple knee pads, purple trunks, white letters, purple shirt. Got the nature boy on the back, just like the robes. Looks good. I really like the color purple. Uh, I don't mean the movie or the book. I was fixing to say Oprah Winfrey agrees. Mm-hmm. And a quick start here. Well, that sounds like a shitty edit. Hey, let me ask you. I don't know if you, uh, <laughs> that was a shitty edit. If you got to see any on social media, mm. but people really loved our conversation last week about my visit to a certain steakhouse bar. Yeah, sir. This is a Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I got that text or I got it in tweets this week. Just fun, hilarious stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you and I just it's it's off the cuff stuff. Yeah, I mean we didn't we didn't hit record on this podcast and say hey by the way I got this. We don't. No. We, we just, we, we start our zoom. You say, you ready? I said, I'm ready. And there we go. Let her rip tater chip. That's how we prep buddy. Uh, so yeah, it's, it it was like the goose story, right? It just, it it gets a life of its own. 
So, and it was uh, like the uh, who shit on Conrad's floor mystery that was pretty funny until Shuley got involved. Yeah, and Shuley killed, torpedoed killed. that pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, killed it. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I guess to reward him for killing it, you're giving him a, uh, a stage show at StarCast, right? Here's or, the thing. You need to understand the thinking here. Can I just tell you the thinking? Yeah. We're going to need to have somebody else on the panel to make fun of besides Rick. Uh-huh. Like, you've seen the, the, the guest list, and there's some, there's some pretty... There's even some surprises yeah. that aren't even listed. Yeah. Okay. But you've seen, there's more than what we've advertised or promoted. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so there's going to be some surprises. I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's going to be some surprises. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to have a lot of nice things to say about Rick, but then everybody, and I mean, everybody is going to have a lot of fun poking the bear with Rick. But we need other people on the dais that we can make fun of. And Shuli Agar checks all the boxes. Right. Because he's fun to make fun of. Right. But he's also going to bomb. And we all know it. Yeah. And you need somebody to get up there and just totally shit the bed. So we got David Manning and we got uh, Shuli Agar. <laughs> and, you know, then we got some funny people like Corey Ryan Forrester. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting on that. <laughs> you know, for like a year, he thought you hated him because you shit on him here, and he's yeah, uh, so sensitive that you, that you hurt his little feelings. That's and, why he's fun to shit on. And so he disclosed that to me once, and I said, "Are you fucking serious, Corey? We bust each other's balls for three hours a week." He goes, "I know, and it's great." And I was like, "Why would you think you're any different?" Like surely knows when we bust his balls that we mean it. He really sucks. But like with Corey, yeah. you don't suck, buddy. We're just we're busting your balls. No, Corey, you don't suck until you take your shirt off on social media. Then you really suck. Oh, okay. okay. Keep the fucking shirt on. You fucking goof. That should be a t-shirt too. Um, but yeah, the, like, well, good. Well, I'm glad Shuli's going to be a part of it. And. The thing about Julie is he'll bomb and then he'll come back and he'll say, man, they liked that shit. Didn't they? It just kind of goes over his head. You know, no, Julie, you really weren't funny. Well, I, they were laughing at you, not with you. Two separate things. Flair's calling spots to the corner. There's another horrible edit. Went from the corner to the side. Well, you know what they edited it. Well, it was Turner home entertainment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we can shit on Turner home entertainment here. I'm good with that. Steve Chamberlain, who was in charge of Turner home entertainment. I've told you the story that it wasn't until Steve and I was there when he, I was there when he was watching it. Great American bash match from Charlotte. Don't remember the year. And we were, we were, I was sending the edit suite with him and Jimmy Valiant came out with the boy from New York city music on that tape. Yep. And he said, well, what, wait a second, you guys use this on TV. And I went, yeah, they always have. I mean, I didn't know anything about music rights or anything. I just thought that they played it and they could play it. And he said, we can't use this. I said, well, buddy, don't tell me. 
you need to let the crockets know. And it was that moment when I was in the edit suite with Steve Chamberlain watching footage that it all changed. And all that music, boy from New York City, sharp dressed man, all went away. Now, Flair's music didn't go away because that, I believe, was uh, non royalty music or I don't know. It can't, it's not eminent domain, but it's. And then, of course, there were some things about that. Then they changed Flair's music around a little bit to where it sounded like that. So that was that moment. So Turner Home Entertainment had a hand in that. And I always thought, and Sharon Sadella was a part of Turner Home Entertainment when we first started as well, and uh, Steve Chamberlain, I always thought those people were like, they didn't know anything about wrestling. I mean, there's, look, Turner Home Entertainment, they were the ones that blew up the boat with Sting and Vader yep. on the beach and, and the, the small guy. Can we say dwarf? Is yeah. That, is that a little person? I think is the correct term. A little person. Okay. Um, uh, so it was Turner Homer and James. So again, that wasn't a, that I under, I understand, but you gotta, you gotta, uh, back then you have to, uh, cut matches up, edit matches to put them in with a, with your time frame, your video cassette. And I get that. Uh, but that was a terrible edit. And the reason I get that is that that's one of the things I do every week. I, every week when I come home on Thursday, um, I, I've got voice repairs to do now that I'm back on rampage, um, or now that I'm on rampage voice repairs to do. And then, uh, I look at the footage and I look at camera shots that I think don't work. And then sometimes we've got to pull time out of a match because the match ran too long. So we got people back in Nashville and I look at it with them and decide, but you've got to do a pull up as we say, that makes sense. You can't go from the corner to them on the side, right? Or it, it's just not done See, see you can do a pull up here. If in fact they, when you go back to the ring, you take a shot of JJ and then you go back to the ring three minutes later, if they're in the same position, you can get away with it. Oh, so and I really enjoy that. I, I enjoy watching footage back and help them edit it, help them make it concise, make it better. We did uh, the interview with Claudio that we did on Rampage last week. We uh, we pulled some time out of that because we were long, and there was an edit point to where we were able to pull out a minute out of that. We needed that minute, and it looked it was it was seamless. I just think that's one of the things that that fans don't understand. I, I don't. Maybe they do. I think a lot of fans just don't realize how much work it takes to get a show out. And I'm not only talking about the live show. I'm talking about a tape show. It takes a lot of work, man. Yeah. Sometimes you'll come back and, oh, here's Ronnie Garvin. I don't know if he bled on his shirt or what, or if that's just a. Ron Garvin. Hey, is Nick will be at Starcast? Uh, Ronnie Garvin. Yes, he will be hot. Damn. I mean, I think we need just for social, 
we should have him pop by uh-huh. when you and Tony or your Tony, when you and David are on the set uh-huh. doing meet and greets and whatnot, doing photo ops yeah, and have him look right into a camera and say, and Tony Schiavone, I'm proud to be an American. Yeah. Just for and all of risky. us who live through. Yes. It's risky, risky business. Risky business. <laughs> uh, I had so much well, fun you, with you last year. You know, we had, uh, we had Ronnie on one of the, one of our episodes. And he said, stay in touch, man. He wants, uh, well, you're going to see him nope. next week. How about, or yeah, no, knowing Ronnie, you know, he lives in West Virginia now knowing Ronnie owns his own mountain. Oh, I ain't no doubt because you know, Ronnie was Ronnie from, was from that school to where you, uh, kept the first dollar you ever made. Yeah. Ole Anderson was like that too. Not everybody you see in this video is like that, but Ronnie was. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun, man. I look forward to it. Unless you put me up at the red roof in. What? Uh, I'm also thinking about, uh, for the autograph signing. Yeah. Bringing bug. Hey, do you want to stay at my Airbnb? Um, you're welcome. Probably not. Probably not. Cause I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to drive back and forth. Gotcha. But I appreciate it. I may come over to visit, uh, but yeah, I'm only three hours away from Nashville. You know how I am. I'm not a social person. I'm aware. But you know, every now and again, you enjoy some of my friends. Yeah, some of them. So just axing. Like, uh, Cassio will be there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's the man. Cassio and Silva are in my Airbnb and a handful of others, but in my head, Hey man, if you don't want to be by yourself and all the luxury of a courtyard Marriott or something, yeah. then, uh, come hang out at the air Airbnb or as Rick Flair calls it, the RBNB. I think he thinks it's like a music. I like, I don't like the hip hop, but I'll listen to some RB and V you know, Conrad really loves it. I guess. Uh, do they just play like Montel Jordan in these houses you stay in or what is the deal? <laughs> this is how we do it. Now you need to play the, the spinners, the temptations. Oh yeah. The, the old, the old good stuff. The old great stuff. Hey, did you see that Elvis movie? I did not. I think he'd like it. Okay. It's your speed. I have, uh, it's my speed. What is that old and slow? (laughs) Did you you see, uh, the new top gun movie? I did not. That's pretty good too. You need to see it in the theater though. Don't see it in your house. Like before it's too late, take your butt down to the theater, take Lois, get some popcorn. It's it's, it, it would not be the same on a TV screen. Lois not doing too well. Oh, what's wrong? Well, uh, she's having severe back pain. Uh, she's got, uh, some disc in her back that are giving her problems. And in August, she has to have shoulder replacement surgery. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so she's in pain a lot, man. I hate to hear that. I know that is not going to be fun. So I can't really, uh, we go out a little bit to the store now and then not much. She pretty much stays at home. Uh, 
not because she wants to like normal, but because she has to, she's just in a lot of pain and going out to the movie theater, taking her out. It's not probably going to work. So I'd have to find someone else to go to the movies with and they won't allow bug in. So, well, I mean, you got all those howl at the moon kids. Laurie Schiavone will go with you. Yeah. I, th- I they've all seen it though. She can go see it again. That's one of those type yeah. movies. Yeah, no. Yeah. I've heard people say it's the best sequel ever. So it should. Well, Terminator two was pretty good. Yes, it was. Rocky four was pretty good. Yes, it was. Rocky three was pretty good. I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. Clubber Lang. Flair's got his pants down. Did I tell you? Digging the, this buddy. But, it's one of his favorite spots. Oh God. Remind hey, look, me to tell him not go, to do that this weekend he, in Nashville. He's going to moon. Look at you. You're getting a better look at the, uh, the hole. <laughs> Standing up what to a get great, a better look. Oh, what a, what a great cutaway shot of me. What the fuck was that about? It is. I'm looking right up his asshole. What's what's going on with you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I knew that that was one of your pickup lines. I heard all about that. What looking up the asshole. Uh, I'm not a proctologist, but I'll take a look. <laughs> Speaking of proctologists, uh, any more words on Vince McMahon, no longer being in wrestling, because that's a sentence that nobody would have expected to fall out of my mouth at all ever. Yeah. But it just did. No, I, I have, I have nothing more to say on that. I just, uh, it's a really touchy subject. I just hope, hope my friends who work there and there are many of them, uh, Still come out of this looking good. Who's trying to climb here? Let's track it. That's a fan. I think they're trying to beat the shit out of him. Well, I think they did. Yeah, that, that they want to. Everybody wants a, a hack at him or a swing at him. Holy shit! How about that? Now that's or it's Klondike too. Uh, that's heat, buddy. When they start trying to climb in the cage, that's heat. We agree. That's heat. Wow. So that was close, man. The fan has no idea. How close he was to getting fucked up. Oh, oh wow. Man. Big bump for precious here. Ronnie oh, Garvin's yeah. getting after it. Let's track it. So Flair retains and coming up next, we got the rock and roll express versus the midnight express, but Flair still going to be strutting around with that big gold belt. So we got the U S tag team champions, the midnight express coming in here to take on the world tag team champions, the rock and roll express. Let's track it.
Uh, is that the greatest theme music in wrestling? One, it's gotta be one of them, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, kudos to FTR for their music being in paying homage, homage. Oh, absolutely. To, to the midnight express. Good stuff. Brother. Let's track Brother. the rock and rolls here. Is that, is that the rock and roll? Exp- is that care? I mean, is that Ricky singing? Cause he put an album out, right? Yeah. That, I think that is him singing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we got a, is it, is this it right here? Yeah. The boogie woogie dance hall. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that should be the rock and roll express theme music next week. Your thoughts. That would be great. I think it should be as well as Dutch Mantel said that that hit went, went plywood. (laughs) My favorite lines ever. Tony, you know, Ricky Morton has this hit out now. And you know, I, I do understand from billboard. It didn't go gold. Didn't go platinum. It went plywood. What's up? That's tremendous. And it just, it just killed me, man. It just absolutely killed me. Well, there's rock and roll buttons for sale that they probably made themselves. Hmm. <laughs> Cla- I don't, again, I don't know why, but that song just tickles me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess Ricky would know the story. I don't know who made that with him or. Who they, it was released through Jim Crockett promotions in 1996, right, but, but somebody had to do it. I, right, right, it was, right. Right. So I don't know. Tremendous. Hmm. You know, now we have Mikey Ruckus who does all of our music. He's, uh, but I, uh, back then, I don't know who mixed it up, mixed it up, who mixed it or who produced it or whatever. But yeah, you know, this, uh, I'll tell you rock and roll express midnight express never gets old. No. Any incarnation. I mean, uh, again, when I'm talking about incarnations, Talking about either, you know, either Dennis or, or Stan here. Just love it. How about that? Did you notice that? Yeah. Kick him in the butt. No, no. Robert slapped his leg when he kicked him in the butt. Oh shit. I missed that. He sure did. So don't go around saying that the guys, the, this arrogant, just all they were doing it back then too. He sure did. Let's see if Robert does it again. That'd be worth watching. He just did it again on Enziguri. I don't know if you saw that angle or not. 
Robert Gibson was the inventor of the leg slap. Well, he's got to be near. I mean, I think it was pro- the first person I saw do it was Chris Adams with the super kick. Okay. All right. But still Robert Gibson, who everybody respects was doing sure. it here in 87. Right. Sure was. Isn't that amazing. Yeah. That I picked up on that. It's amazing. God. I'm really digging the show, Conrad. It's a good show, man. This is, uh, you know, not nearly as long as we would have liked. We talked about how it was, uh, really, really short. Yeah. But still, I just absolutely love these two tag teams. I wish they had more time, but the reason we're short, of course, is because we, as we said, we started this at eight 30 after a concert and you know, there's 12 matches and the main events got to go 30. Uh, by the way, we opened the show with the very first war games. We're going to close the show with the second war games, Tony. Uh, and that's coming up next here. It'll be Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, and the war machine who we know as the big boss man. But at this point he's uh Big Bubba Rogers, the real life Ray trailer on the other side, it's dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, Hawk animal, and Paul Ellering. So basically the same match as the first with war machine taking the place of the injured JJ Dillon. Mm. Uh, everybody pretty much unanimously thought that the first war games was a five-star affair. Uh, some other reviewers and, and, and opinion makers out there thought that this one was maybe a four-star affair. If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. Yambag Jones writes in. He's got a question for you, Tony. He wants to know how many geese would it have taken to beat the horseman in a war games match? One. Oh, really? You think one goose gets, you don't think Arn Anderson could have shown that goose a thing or two about a thing or two. No goose has wings. Okay. He'll flip around and move from person to person, gouge you in the fucking eye, spur you in the nose, mm-hmm. probably stick a beak down your ear hole. Okay. Okay. Blow into your head, blow up your brain and then flip and flop around for another guy. And then what a goose does, it's really cool. The goose plays possum. You think he got in the corner. You think he's gone. You turn and walk away. Fuckers on the back of your head every time. So yeah, one goose horseman done. And there, you know, goose, they, they travel in, in, they don't travel with just two. They travel in groups, right? Yeah. So one goose is going to take care of you. But if you think 
that if the geese think that the goose can't handle it, they'll get involved. But it just takes one. Notice how I said geese and not gooses. Yeah. No, my damn English language, buddy. Well, why didn't you say that? Listen, is it a gaggle of geese? No, it's a bunch of them. I mean, I think it's a gaggle of geese. Okay. A group of geese is called a gaggle. This is because when geese get together, they get quite noisy and rowdy. Yeah. They're only referred to as a gaggle when they're on land. Yeah. When they're flying in formation, they can be referred to as a skein. A skein. Never heard skein, but I knew about gaggle. Yeah. Well, uh, some advice if you're if uh, if there's a gaggle of geese outside in your front yard and you're trying to sleep, don't go out and tell them to shut up. Well, that's a fact. Let me also mention this. Uh, there's an expression we've all heard. Choke the goose. Wow. You've heard of that before. Who says choke the no, goose? I choked the chicken. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's goose. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yes. I've heard that. A male goose is called a gander. Now we on this show have foolishly yeah. said daddy goose. Yeah. When we talked about my situation, but a female goose is sometimes called the dame. The dame. Yeah. So I know that you used to be hitting on them dames in AEW back in the day, WCW getting them dames in the makeup chair. Well, now we know, but male goose gander, female goose, dame, uh, a baby goose, a gosling. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. And, uh, a whole group of geese on land, a gaggle, a gaggle. Whereas if you want to see one Shivani by themselves, male or female, or in a group, they're just known as asshole. <laughs> so if you see female Shivani <laughs> asshole, male Shivani asshole, group of Shivani's on water assholes, group of Shivani's on land assholes, group of Shivani's in the air, flying assholes. Hey, a young, listen. a young Shivani baby asshole. Hey, listen to me. We're the, the, hey, it has to be one of the most fucked up finishes ever. What we just saw. Hey, he just, he disqualified the midnight express because he saw Bubba's hat in the ring. Now Bubba did get involved and he didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. But he just saw his fucking hat in the ring. How can you? logically tell me that that hat didn't just could have flied, could have been, I don't know. Somebody could have taken it and thrown it in the ring, right? It's just what a fucking cockamamie finish that was. Watch. Let's take a look at the replay. Conrad. Here's a gaggle of rock and roll express. <laughs> with a, with well, a double we, drop kick. We know based <laughs> on the rumor and innuendo that uh-huh. of this pairing, Robert Gibson is the gander, right? But, uh, this coming weekend or this Sunday, you'll be able to see, uh, the, the gosling of the rock and roll express, Carrie Morton. Uh huh. And, and they're going to be trying to fly around with that double drop kick. The, the skein of the rock and roll express. So here we go. Episode one of war games. The very first war games was known as the bomb. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode two here of war games is known as man. I love that green robe mm-hmm. is known as the explosion. So we got JJ Dillon and dark journey here for this one. Uh, and there is the, uh, the war machine. Yeah. 
The big Bubba. And by the way, I have that six man belt. Look at that six man belt around Dusty's way. I hate you so much. Okay. I hate you so much. You know where it is. Yeah. You know where the fucker is, but you were supposed to give it to me. You told me you would give it to me. So let's run through this. Here's what I'm going to do this Christmas. Oh, I'm not going going into that. I'm going to send you a picture of something on a shelf at target. Here's your present. Where is it? You know where it is. (laughs) Go figure out how to get it out of there. I'm not going to get into an argument with you, but do you know where this one was held? Uh, based on the way it looks, it looks like a stadium show. It's the orange bowl in Miami. Okay. There you, there's a good shot of it. That's a hell of a crowd, buddy. Hell of a crowd. Big time yeah. action here. Dusty starting again. Will it be Arn Anderson standing across from him? Who's going to be first? Yeah. It's always Arn. Cause Arn, another good shit. I feel like Arn was the most unlucky motherfucker of all time. And that he yeah. always had to go first. He always started. He did. He started in every one of them I saw. <laughs> Iris down, please. Iris back up. Thank you. Tony, we, uh, we just posted, uh, what the canvas will look like for Ric Flair's last match over on social media. I just sent it to you in your DMS. Okay. I think he'll think he'll dig it. Very cool. Oh, uh, I do have a question. Uh, I don't know if we can talk about it, but we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. So David and I are doing the whole show or am I doing the whole show or is doing the flare match? I'm, I'm really glad, uh, that you asked because okay. here's what we've got. We've got, as you know, a, a huge lineup. Uh, if you are not aware, I would encourage everybody to go check it out over at Ric Flair's last match.com. We got the Von Ericks taking on the Briscoes. And for that match, you'll be joined by Ian Riccoboni. Yay. Uh, we've got uh, a pair of competitors from new Japan. As you and I are recording, Clark Connors has recently been announced as wow. being injured and he will be unavailable to ah. compete. Damn, he's a good performer. He's got some sort of herniated disc situation and, uh, he's probably hurting for certain. So, but either way, it's a new Japan match. So at the desk joining you will be Ian Riccoboni. Whoa. Uh, we've also got a four-way match, uh, with John Gresham, who just lost the ring of honor, uh, world title to Claudio Castagnoli, uh, rounding out the rest of that four-way will be Takeshita, who we both think a lot of, and he's oh, going to be a really big star yeah. uh, and former AEW dark order standout, Alan angels, who's now trying to make a name for himself outside of AEW and maybe the next big thing, Nick Wayne, well, Ian Riccoboni being the voice of ring of honor and, and John Gresham very recently being their world champion. He will be joining you for that one. Uh, when it comes time for Rachel Ellering and Jordan grace and Deanna Perrazzo to hook it up for the impact women's championship, the third voice in the booth will be Tom Hannafin, uh, the okay. voice of impact wrestling. He'll stick around to make sure that he can, uh, write some lyrics to the songs and the music that Jacob Fatu and Josh Alexander make for the impact world title. Um, when it comes time for the American wolves to hook it up with motor city machine gun, Scott Demore will jump in there with you guys. I'll beat Scott's ass. What I'll do. Really? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll have him go get lunch for me. Uh, Joe Dombrowski, the voice of MLW. He'll be in there for killer cross and Davy boy Smith jr. As well as the triple a match. He does some commentary for triple a. So he'll be there to, uh, tell us what's going on with Ray Phoenix, Taurus, Laredo kid and bandito. And I don't reckon that you need one for the main event. If I had to guess, I think you and, uh, David Crockett can probably figure that one out all on your own. 
yeah. when the, the nature boy himself teams up with his son-in-law Andrade, the vo- the face of the Latinos, uh, to take on, uh, Jeff Jarrett, that turd and Jay lethal, who I used to think a lot of, but maybe not so much anymore. I'm really conflicted here on that main event. How so? Well, because Rick has meant so much to me as far as getting me into this business. Yeah. It's something that I, that I never can repay him enough. Yeah. Um, but Jay lethal is one of my favorite people. I thought he was a salt of the earth human. And I have to yeah. admit, I didn't really like the way Rick went about handling Jay. No. And, and no. I, and I didn't feel like Rick was in the right on that. However, no. I do think that it's Rick's last match. And if anybody should be able to have a say in what happens in their last match, it should be Rick. Yeah. And, and there's a way you can approach this without being the way he was. I agree. It was disrespectful. It was rude. And, 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 you know, I would never handle Jay or anybody that way. So I don't necessarily agree with the way Rick did it, but still I wouldn't have, I thought, I hoped that these guys could have just talked through it. I don't know why we have to resort to <clears throat> beating folks up in the parking lots, but yeah. that's where we are. I don't know if you noticed this, but I was in a, I just noticed the bottom there. It took the wide shot. I was in a tux and I walked over. I'm standing there now. Oh, here we go. I wonder what's going to happen. Damn it. Those horsemen win again. Why, uh-huh. why does this keep happening? Well, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like, uh, the odds are kind of like the, the mega millions that's out right now. Um, uh, it just seemed that they're, they're lucky. Uh, they spent a lot of time in Vegas. That, uh, I don't, that I don't ma- think this fooled anybody that it that was big Bubba. Was, yeah. Yeah. War machine, by the way, uh, is also the same mask that dusty wore for the midnight rider. And you can tell that's actually Dusty's Midnight Rider shirt right. because it doesn't exactly fit him sleeve wise and all that. And I actually have that in my studio to my left right now, to your right, Tony. Whoa. Hung up, framed the whole deal. It was the jacket that Dusty wore. It's embroidered on the inside uh, of, of the pocket and it says Dusty Rhodes. And I got the mask and the shirt and the pants and the whole deal here framed up. Very cool. It's wrestling history, man. Isn't it amazing that I'm, I'm, with the exception of uh, the old ticket stubs, I think I showed on one of these uh, my old Jim Crockett promotion ticket stubs that I am going to frame uh, with this Mid Atlantic patch. But with the exception of that stuff, I have nothing in my house pertaining to wrestling. Can, well, that's not true. I've got a couple of figures over here. I got. Can but. Can you uh, Can you post some of those old ticket stubs to Twitter this week? Yeah. I just think that'd be fun. And by the way, I don't know if you've, uh, seen what the tickets look like, uh, for folks who got a commemorative ticket for a ringside seat, but it's pretty fucking cool. That's great. Hey, so, uh, tickets are the thing now. The, uh, there's rumor and innuendo. Oh God. I hate that. That there might be possibly potentially a celebrity commentator joining you for the horseman rock and roll express match. Oh my God. And I'd be willing to bet you couldn't guess it. If you tried, I don't want you to have any guesses. Okay. Uh, cause we don't want to hit any spoilers, but we, uh, you know, do you remember how um, back in the day on nitro, they would bring Mike Tanay out to do the, yeah. the Lucha matches because they knew that perhaps you and Bobby weren't all the way up to speed on the Lucha stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to do with these 
different promotions since we have really literally every promotion yeah. from under the sun. In other words, you don't think I can handle it myself. So you can bring in a ringer. Well, do, do I think it's fair that you all of a sudden have to learn a whole bunch no. of new talent? No, you're right. On a short note. Like, I'm not saying that to be shitty, but like, Hey man, tell me your favorite motor city machine guns match. Or, right. You know, yeah. Right. That's, that's a oh. tough ask for not, not just for you, but let's appreciate too. Realistically, with the exception of a few cameos here and there. Uh, in AEW, David Crockett has not been actively involved in wrestling right. since March 26, 2001. I want you to notice something. I don't want to, I want you to keep into thought. Yeah, yeah. This camera is yellow. Okay. All right. The tint of this camera is yellow. Yeah. That was not, that's blue. Yeah. That is something like that in this day and age would be shit upon big time yellow. And they'll go back and there's yellow. Blue. And there's blue. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I think I know who it is, but I bet you don't, but don't guess. I uh, okay. I won't guess, but I'll tell you one of the names that you think it is yeah. not, uh, not only won't be on commentary, mm-hmm. won't be invited. Okay. The story behind the story of this show. Is going to be the biggest and best fucking podcast I've ever done one day. Yeah. I got to get some time underneath my belt here, but Lord, I got tales for days. <laughs> I bet. And there's a few people in particular going to get double barrel Jones. Oh man. I can't wait. I love double barrel Jones, especially when it ain't coming from me. Well, you know, as you know, I, uh, am what some of my friends might refer to as a workaholic. Yes, I do know that. And I enjoy it. I really do. But there become every now and again, I'll run across a straight up stone cold fucking idiot. (laughs) And I try to, a lot of them out there, Conrad, I try to help some of these stone cold fucking idiots, Mm -hmm. but I learned an expression about. Damn. What was it now? 16 years ago through therapy, you can't push a rope. And I ran into a couple of ropes and all of this. And when the time is right, I'm going to square it off. Yeah. I'm going to close the eye. I'm going to zero in double barrel Jones. I've got to hear these stories before they become podcast fodder. Buddy, any, any free time you and I have this coming yeah. weekend and you know, once upon a time, if you remember the first star cast, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I did not delegate nearly enough. I was overwhelmed as a son of a bitch. I have figured out some of that. Yeah. So like three was a breeze. Uh, and, and I think five is going to feel a little bit like three in that. Okay. We kind of, we got this. That's my hope okay. anyway. So you're saying I, I can concise what you just said. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be an asshole to everyone. I don't, no, I'm, I'm still going to be an asshole. No, but probably less of one. Not, mu- not as much of an asshole. No, it's pretty good. I, I wanted to fucking run away forever and ever at Starcast one and two, yeah. because there's so much, there's so many moving parts to all these different, you gotta, you gotta remember, you gotta pick up all these folks from the airport. You gotta yeah. get them to their hotel. 
Oh, I know. And then you got to get them to the venue and then you got to make sure everything's prepped. Then you got to make sure the graphics and then, oh, by the way, we got tickets and we got things on sale and we got to do customer service and oh, we got merch and then we got times and there's a pay-per-view broadcast because you can watch all these panels for Starcast, uh, which is really going to be maybe our best set of panels ever. Not maybe it is. Uh, and you can get all that at fight. Well, that means it's gotta be broadcast live and on demand. So you gotta get all that going. And as if that's not enough, new Japan's running show in the middle of all that. And so is black label pro. And so is game changer wrestling. And we've got a roast. That's not only on fight, but it's on traditional pay-per-view. If you want to see the roast to Ric Flair, you can watch it on cable, but as if all that's not enough in the middle of this, Tony, we did a damn documentary about Ric Flair returning. And, and the last episode, uh, well, at least before the show, uh, just dropped this past Monday at six Oh five. So go see episodes one, two, and three. We're going to have two and three at the end of this episode. I just tacked on in the end, but my goodness, man, like there's so many moving parts and Oh, by the way, when we're done, it's time for Ric Flair's last match. So to just do a wrestling card is overwhelming to just do yeah. uh, meet and greets is overwhelming to just do all these stage shows is overwhelming. To do all of it, plus a documentary and 15 podcasts and a mortgage company and remodeling a house and trying to keep my wife speaking to me, a lot of moving parts. So I ran into a couple of dumb motherfuckers (laughs) and I'm like, wait a minute, this benefits you 48 different ways to Sunday Mm -hmm. and your counter was this. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie on anybody. I'm going to tell the truth on a handful of motherfuckers and people will be like, well, they're the biggest, dumbest ass in the history of professional wrestling. And they are. Well, and now, you know, why the business can be, uh, for people who work in the front office, so to speak, a very frustrating thing. Well, it's also a reminder to me that I don't want to be in the wrestling business. No, you don't. I I like doing mortgages and podcasts. I felt like this was a good idea and a great opportunity. And the entrepreneurial spirit in me made me say, Hey, I want to do my first wrestling show. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it happens to be Ric Flair's last wrestling show. So no pressure. It's not like I couldn't run down to a fucking armory, set up a ring with some folding chairs Mm -hmm. and and see what old Billy Jack Haynes is up to. (laughs) I I didn't do that. I'm fucking. Swinging for the fences on the first one in a damn municipal auditorium. Yeah. What am I doing? And here I am. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying real hard. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That's worked for us a lot of times here on the show. Yes. Me me and you didn't know fuck all about podcasts and look at us all these years later. How about that? Still doing it. Making some doll hairs, remodeling some homes, paying for some weddings. It worked out. Yes, sir. It all worked out. But then that dumbass Jeff Jarrett tries to insert himself. Well, you know, Conrad, this is your fault. How you got him? You got him involved in our network. It was Bruce. It was me. And then you thought, well, I need to expand. Well, of course you do. But Jeff Jarrett. Listen, man, I what thought he had fuck, a unique man? story and, and, and I still, I still enjoyed his doing his podcast. I didn't do it this week. Fuck him. But. You know, I just, uh, I can't imagine. And listen, I know that, you know, people, so there was a handful of people who were critical of, of what happened in that parking lot, but dude, that when Rick said it's a hard way guys, mm-hmm. it was, 
Yeah. Jeff Jarrett hit him in the head with a stiletto and the point of that stiletto pierced his fucking head. There's no magic in wrestling. I know we talked about it and joked about it earlier. And even the match we're watching now, you're going to see a bunch of blood. That is not what happened here. He yeah. stabbed my father-in-law in the head. He tried to yeah. kill Morgan's grandpa in a parking lot in Nashville. That's dumb and unnecessary. It's a crime. And I just, you know, I could see Jay having his feelings hurt, but Jeff, people talking trash about Jeff, that they've been doing that for 40 years. Yeah. It ain't new. I can't wait to see Jeff look at the lights this weekend. Yeah. Fuck him. Yes. Thank you, Tony. And you know what? You better be a damn good partner for my friend, Jay lethal. I'm really surprised lethal is down with that. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. I told lethal. I said, don't I saw lethal last night because as we're recording this, it's Sunday morning honors was yeah. Death before dishonor was last night. I talked to, as a matter of fact, I rode back from the arena to the hotel with Jay Jay, and I told him, I said, don't trust that. Don't trust him. And he just kind of smiled as if. He knew not to trust him or knew, thought I was full of shit. I don't know what his response was with that smile. Maybe I read too much into it. I don't know. He's a nice guy and he got caught up in some bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit that Flair fucking perpetrated. A hundred percent. Listen, it's not new for me and you. We've both known Rick long enough now to know that occasionally he creates his own drama. Occasionally. That's certainly (laughs) what happened with Jay. That's. But this that Jeff thing, man, that ain't on Rick this time. Yeah. Not to me. I mean, I know that Jeff has his opinion and he put out, oh, he had a, look at a Bill Alfonso getting ready Bill to Alfonso. blow that whistle. And the guy in the blue shirt opening the cage door. Klondike right there. Bill. No, that's not. That's George two-ton Harris. Oh, there he is. Thought you were going to, cause he used to, didn't Klondike build this cage? Yes. Klondike built it. George was with him. George really couldn't do shit. He was a lazy human being. So they said, George, just run the cage door and let us build it a lazy human being. He was lazy, terribly lazy. Yeah. Okay. Learn something new every day. He used to he, George Harris and two ton Harris and bill Klondike bill were the two guys that worked at the ballpark mm-hmm. park mm-hmm. and two ton Harris was a wrestler as well. Mm-hmm. He's no longer with us. And he invented ways to get out of work. Really? Oh Yes. Always something wrong. Blood pressure's up. Can't do that today. Uh, one time he fell off the garbage truck. Fell off? Fell off it. He had his head on the concrete. So if somebody falls off and hurts their head, they're lazy? I just want to make sure I got that. Uh, I think what happened was, and I th- think we all that worked at Crockett Park back then knew that George didn't really fall. He, he, uh, he worked, jumped it. off the truck and pretended he had fallen. That way he didn't have to work. So, yeah. Cause he was laying on the concrete. I've told the story. He's laying on the concrete and he can't talk. And he's laying there. He's going, ah, ah, ah. and Klondike came around, but his hands on his knees, bent over, looked at George. He went, George. George, you okay? George going, ah, ah, ah. he said, George, are you, are you okay? He said, 
George is only the only thing he was do. And Klondike said, "Okay, George, I got to go take a shit. If you're still here, when I get back, I'll try to help you up." <laughs> that was Klondike calling him on it, being lazy. Oh, so that was the, the dynamic between Bill and uh, George and. Bill was such a great worker, had a great, you know, you talked about your work ethic. Londyke Bill had a wonderful work ethic. I wasn't jacking off my work ethic. No. But I mean, I know I got one. Well, yeah. Yeah. What's this, what's this thing that's on Flair's face here? It's probably blood. Well, no, it's, it's like Ellering had the, it looked like maybe one of the road warriors, uh, wrist wraps. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They use that in the first one too. Yeah. Here it is. See, it's, it's in left, in the left hand. So. But anyway, Klondike had a great work ethic. George did not, and Klondike resented him for it. Mm. And it got it was it was really comical, the play between those two because George didn't want to do any work. Well, t- Tony, uh, this is Jim Crockett Promotions at its finest. What we're watching right now. Can you believe that it's coming back one last time this weekend? Yeah, you know, this, uh, I, I've shown this before, and this patch means means a lot to me. This, yeah. uh, you know, we, we talk about fans, and and I appreciate fans saying what they say about, hey, you're the voice of my childhood, and, and I get that. It's because this brings them back, and nostalgia is big, but this patch brings me back, you know? Shout out to uh, Dick Bourne, friend of the show. I think he sent that to you. Yeah, he did. Uh, Hall of Famer, Dick Bourne. Yeah. Just, uh, ain't that fun. some shit? Dick Bourne went in the Hall of Fame before you did. I don't give a shit about a fucking Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay. Well, thank End what, of story. Wait a shit on his accomplishments. <clears throat> no, I'm not shit on his accomplishments. I'm saying Tony Schiavone does not give a shit about a Hall of Fame. You know, Tony, uh, as we're getting ready to wrap down, uh, oh, there it is. I will, there's I, your, there's I, your win. You heard oh, the announcement. Someone must he have submitted. Who, who was it? Who was it? Where was it? We got to tell everything. Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, and the Road Warriors win the return of the war game. That's it. There comes the credits. By the way, we will have credits at the end of uh, this show this weekend. Wayne Daniel, Wayne Daniel, Tommy Edwards, right? Emerson Lawson, rest in peace. William Seibert, know him. Glenn McKinney, didn't know Glenn. Ron Kirk, TBS guy. Barbara Daniel, that's Wayne's wife. Skeeter Brawley, he's dead. Just recently passed away. I love they, they, they build where she's from. Oh, that's company. I got you. So there it is. The wrestling network, TWN, Steve Chamberlain, getting a shout yeah, out. There you go. Of course. Herman outlaw Herman. <laughs> I'm enjoying these credits and that was it. Well, you're going to oh, see well, some credits that. this weekend and, and I, I want to give some credits right now, Tony, because you know, you and I, um, this whole Jim Crockett promotion show and Ric Flair having one last match, you know, it's sort of low key your fault. Do you know this? Uh, boy, you, intro- all right, I'll take the blame. Go you, ahead. Why? You introduced me to David Crockett uh-huh. 
And together last year, week by week, episodically, we watched Jim Crockett promotions through 1986. And it was really like a real highlight for me to go back and watch all that stuff because I didn't see it the first time, you know, I turned five yet that year. I wasn't even a wrestling fan yet. So I had seen clips, but I hadn't seen it in its full context. Right. And then I got to hang out with David and boy, he sure does miss professional wrestling. Can we agree on that? Yeah. And then, you know, we started this ad free shows thing, put some stuff behind the paywall and created a little community right before the pandemic started. And we, we aimed to do something called conversations with Conrad. And our very first one was with Jim Hurd. And of course, guess what? We wound up talking a lot about Ric Flair. Yeah. And then the next one, we wound up spending a lot of time talking with Jim Crockett jr. It wound up being his very last interview and in public appearance. Uh, we even got him to come to Starcast, And anyway, we did one more conversation with Conrad and it was with Jerry Jarrett. Jeff's dad. And it wasn't until I thought about all of that this week that it sort of dawned on me that in a weird way, Starcast five, the roast of Ric Flair, one last ride for the horseman. And more importantly, Ric Flair's last match under the banner of Jim Crockett promotions really, and truly is fate for this podcast. This is the culmination. This is where it all came to a head. But I didn't know we would be doing this when I helped you come to the decision of let's cover JCP in 1986. We didn't even, well, this wasn't on our radar. No. And and it never crossed our mind when we did the Jim Hurd interview or the Jim Crockett Jr. interview or even the Jerry Jarrett interview. But all of that led to this. And if you've enjoyed what we've done on this program and you're a, a fan of the old school or a fan of the modern day. We've got so many first time ever and dream matches and legacy matches. And man, I'll be honest, the big surprise we have to start the show. And I think, you know what it is. And I don't want to give a spoiler here. And then, and and then coming to you and David on the old set. Yeah. That just gets me going, man. It gets me in the feels. And I don't know that it would have happened if it wasn't for this show. Well, there you go. Groundbreaking. is what we are. I'm looking and forward think, to it. I think in, in that vein, I think that we ought to take some time to not, to, I don't, even, I don't think, I don't think 1985, I don't think the entire, uh, I don't think the entire year when we started in April, I don't think it's all on the peacock. No, but, but I'd like to go back and watch some of 85. I would love to. Cause that's the magical year for me. Cause that was my first year on TBS. I'd love to. Yeah. So I think we ought to. Put that in the list. Go back and watch some of those, some of those episodes. I hope you guys will make plans to join us in Nashville. You're going to want to say that you were there for this card. You know, it's going to feel like all in too, or as I like to call it, y'all in stole that from Jim Valley, probably be the name of me and Cody's podcast one day, but this is going to be pretty special. Tickets are on sale. Now, Rick Flair's last match.com. They're just 39 bucks. You can watch the pay-per-view live anywhere in the world for just 34 95. Uh, you can watch it on fight live and on demand. You can get it on your satellite dish. You can get it on your cable systems and all these panels, including Tony's discussion with the horseman for the first time for the last time is all included in Starcast five. And when you purchase Starcast five, you get one, two, three, and four all included a lot of bang for your buck over at Ric Flair's last And when Tony brings us home here, we're going to roll the, uh, audio and video. So if you haven't seen the video yet, you can go to Ric Flair's last or if you're watching on YouTube, stay tuned. 
We'll have episode two and three of Ric Flair's docuseries at the end of this, but Tony it's fun, but it's time it's happening. This Ladies weekend. and gentlemen, it is time to end this episode of what happened when the groundbreaking podcast that was the founding father of Starcast five coming up in Nashville. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, these people will be there. Dave Silva, Jeff Jarrett, Jay-Z Flair, Dave Green, Scott of Travel, Evan Polisher, Matt fucking Coon, who almost let me die, and a gaggle of geese. We're desperately out of time. See you next week on What Happened When? The Groundbreaking Podcast. We come to you every Wednesday on Cumulus. But on Mondays, we come to you only on Patron. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And of course, adfreeshows.com. We'll see you guys this weekend. Stay tuned for episode three of The Last Match. All hood. I guess you're pretty proud of yourself, huh, Jeff? You said we're doing a podcast? We're going to do a podcast. Not because I fucking want to do a podcast, because I'm contractually obligated. (laughs) Why is this funny? We're going to do this podcast, Conrad, and I can assure you, I'm going to say some things today that you don't want to hear about your father-in-law, because everybody glosses over the real Ric Flair. Everybody glosses over the nature boy. If you want to go right for the jugular, let's go. You're a fucking egomaniac who wants to make everything about you. You made sure you inserted yourself in the press conference of Ric Flair. Why the shit were you even there? Okay, Jeff, you think you know anybody at the mayor's office? Voila, Ric Flair Day. The mayor's office declared July 31st Ric Flair Day in the Music City. Hey, can you get a proclamation done? Yeah. Mayor's office, again, happy to. Hey, I don't feel good today. Jeff, can you sit up on the podium and do your job and mine? And it was supposed to be a, a, a day really to celebrate Rick. Wings! Legendary flavors! World Championship Wings! Woo! Woo wings! Yeah! Woo woo! The, the one thing about that press conference that was so typical of Rick, he knew that Conrad didn't do it. But yet, I never, I never got so much as, hey Jeff, thanks for your help. Because of his ego, candidly, because he legitimately thinks the world revolves around him, he doesn't realize how sick he is. He has zero clue how sick he is. Uh, His ego, it's truly at the core of his disease. He slighted me at press conference and backstage, you heard him, he couldn't wait to get on stage to do that. Here's uh, two tickets for Jeff and his dad, front row. Yeah, drawing money in Nashville. Here's two tickets for you and your old man. I'll teach you guys how to draw money. Are you kidding me, Conrad? This feel-good BS, Crockett, we're going to end right, Rick, and oh. He got exactly what he deserved in that parking lot. In the last three or four or five days, the amount of questions that I've been asked about just how did all this go down? But when Jay Lethal diplomatically asked Rick, is there a place on the card for me? 
And Rick said, you're an open match guy. That's disrespectful, and you know it. Could you put yourself in my... Tell the guy that to his face. You do if you're an egomaniac like Flair. I just couldn't really believe that, that Jay, in a lot of ways, took matters into his own hands. And David Crockett yelling like a little girl. It caught me so off guard. Yeah! Somebody! Come on! Come on. Hey, hey! Get the hell off me! Hey! Get your hands off me! Are you kidding me? Karen, you can tell she was nervous. It just didn't have to happen that way. Jay, stop! He deserves this! He deserves this! Every second of it! I knew how he disrespected Lethal. Hell, I knew how he disrespected me for the last 30 years. But when Jay Lethal punched him in his intestines where his surgeries have been, you would think that he could drop his ego for just a minute and let me help him up. I said, F off, Jared. Tired of you, you old man. When I got down and was face to face with Rick, he was helpless. And I said, Rick, please. Let me help you up. And what did he do? He told me to f off. Oh. Oh. I'll just say that I knew that I had to do what I had to do. You literally stabbed my father-in-law in the head with a with a high heel shoe. And listen, there's magic in wrestling. No magic, son. What, what are you doing? What, there should have been police involvement. If Rick wasn't such an old head, you'd be behind bars. That's a crime, Jeff. You know, Rick came up literally like a little crying bitch. It's a hard way. It's a hard way. Yeah, Rick. No sh biggest mistake you can make is to leave a man with spirit and heart breathing because you better believe he will rise up to come again even more motivated now than I was before but it's real as it fucking gets in life to be able to wrestle with my son-in-law who has helped me regain the confidence that I've had beat out of me and lethal and Jared when you guys see this you guys got nothing in common. You don't even know each other. This is fucking family. This is real. Feel it. And he's a bad motherfucker. And it's my son-in-law. I don't. I don't have words. I don't have words. Jesus. Seriously. Well, you realize that you've crossed the line now. Oh, and I'm glad that I did now. You know, you're double nickels. You ain't what you used to be. Oh. Andrade is going to go upside that head. Oh, God. That's. Listen, Andrade is a dime a dozen, my friend. Oh, really? If he ain't a curtain jerker, I don't know who is. Okay. If he wasn't married to who oh, he no. was married to. I don't even want to hear that. I had never even heard of him until he married Charlotte. Can I tell you something? You know, one of the reasons I like Ashley marrying Manny, because he's a tough motherfucker. 
This is me really talking to my daughter. I said, Ashley, the guy will stand by your side. He'll protect you. He's fearless. Raised in a tough neighborhood, a tough street. He's a man. But now, it's about family. I fight for my family. And now, I fight for the family flair. Andrade's a goddamn man. A man and a half. Lethal and Jeff Jarrett don't have any idea what they've been into. They have no idea. Please have a seat. Before we make this official, put pen to paper. Do you have any comments you want to make? Mr. Jarrett? Jay, Jay, I'll let you go first. Well, I just want to say that uh, I'm so torn right now inside. I'm hurt only because I know what's about to happen. I know what's ahead, and it's going to be the saddest day of my life, beating the my idol because you deserve it, okay? You really deserve it, and I'm having a hard time holding This is the way I'm here. Yeah, key word being your idol. Badass. Who, him? He's here because he married your daughter. That doesn't make him a badass. Oh, this is why? Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. What do you do? What do you do in the business? What, what are you doing? What have I done? I beat that guy right there on pay-per-view. Yes. That's what I've done. He's the best. That makes me the man, right? Fighting through the pain. He just oh God, you see the Jeff, you need to go ahead and say your comments, please. Rick, I stood on that platform at the press conference and meant every word that came out of my mouth. It was an honor. His prestige to even be associated with this event. Thank you. I feel the same way. The whole Thanks. world has to revolve around you. You're goddamn right it does. That's why you're here today. You, but why are you here today? You're damn right. Guess you're what? damn right. They get a payoff. Guess what? Me equals a payoff. I know about a damn payoff, Rick. It's about finally doing what the entire wrestling world has wanted to do for years, and that is put you out of your misery. You know nothing about my you f- Shut up! Hey, hey, hey. Shut up! Shut your mouth! You don't know f- about my life. Talk about life. people being here for a paycheck? You're what, 73 years old? That's the only damn reason you're here, because you ran out of money! Oh no, you're wrong. Yeah, this is about. Let's go and finish it. This is about an in-ring career that's going to come to an end. Sign this, Rick. Win, win, lose or draw. This is it for you, and we're going to find out just how much of the nature boy you still got in. Hmm. Yeah. All right. How do you do it? All right. Hmm. Jeff, Hmm. just sign sign this, please. What are you looking at? A piece of a a man. I want to make it official. A man. Maybe one day it'll work. Not anymore. Oh, really? Not anymore. Really? (laughs) I go get my shots every week. Can you write? Thank you, Jen. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty he can read right. <laughs> he taught you how to wrestle again, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I guess. Yes, he did. Uh, right. Couldn't teach him any okay. new tricks, though. Rick, now it is your turn. Put pen to paper, make it official. Do you have any comments? No, actually, I don't. Richard M. F. A-M-O-U-S. It's comical. Is it really? It is. 
it's going to be comical when he and I beat you to one of you, which we will. We'll be comedy then. Do you actually think you can still go? I do. You really do? Absolutely do. Absolutely do. You think you can hang with me and Jay? Yeah. I certainly do. You don't think he's a crutch for you? That Not he's going to carry the load? I, and you I, carried the load a lot of years for a lot of guys, but do you think when it comes down and we hear ding, 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 and the match starts, you think you can carry your load? I'll make sure my presence is home. You won't be disappointed. I actually want to see. Well, yeah, you tell me. I you actually want to see. Hold up. You were training me. What were you saying? What were you saying to me then? Not sure. Go ahead, read the text. Go ahead, read the text. Go ahead, read it. You're still the man. Out Rick. loud. You're still the man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's. What I said that to okay, you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Because right. you're an eagle maniac. Oh That's really? Why. And I wanted to. I wanted to keep thank, getting those thank checks. Thank you very much. I wanted to keep getting those checks. And is official. Please leave calmly. You should be paying me to come over there. Yeah. I put it on the map. Right. Just, now, now, your last match Stop engaging. will be the Stop. match that you regret the most out of your entire career. 16-time professional wrestling world champion and cultural icon Ric Flair will wrestle one last time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say, like maybe to Rick to wish him luck for the match? <laughs> Rick, uh, from, from the Russian nightmare, je dois être to the Nietzsche boy, Ric Flair. Hey, Rick, um, on a serious note, dude, I, I, I pray for you, for real. Uh, I want you to know that, as, as do many others. Uh, I wish you well in, in this final uh, match. Well, when I think of professional wrestling, I think of Ric Flair. Ric Flair is absolutely my favorite wrestler of all time. Tough, strong, smart, and puts on a great show. Rick, good luck. Uh, we had some good years together. I love you. Take care of yourself. Piss on the rest of them. Rick, I hope it goes well for you. I'll be pulling for you. And I hope to see you sometime in the future. But for now, so long for now. Hey, Rick, my husband is going to knock the out of you on Sunday. Champ, I love you, brother. I wish you all the luck in the world. And I pray you don't get hurt. You are the king of wrestling. I will always call you the champ. I hope to God this is the best thing you can do and it works out well in your favor. And God bless you and your family, brother. God bless you. Well, I guess I think about, I saw his first match. So I guess I might as well see his last match. We thought we could do this reunion or match event in a civil way, it's gotten totally out of hand. Rick got exactly what he deserved. Hey, get your, your hands off of me! Oh, yeah! Give me your shoes! Yeah. Give me your shoes! Yeah. Does this look like a full horseman right here? How's he look now? How's he look now? I love you, you son of a ah. I love you! This is fucking family. It's real. F you, Jeff Jarrett. He's an active alcoholic. You don't know nothing about my fucking reason you're here. Because you ran out of money. You just the baddest Mexican alive today. This is about as real as it gets. With a tear in my eye.
I'm gonna kick your ass. One man, one legend, What a man's gotta do, what a man's gotta do. Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's Last Match, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. StarCast Weekend in Nashville, bringing wrestling companies together for one of the most unique cards ever assembled. Main evented by Ric Flair's Last Match. Tickets are on sale right now at rickflairslastmatch.com. And you can catch the show live streaming on pay-per-view and Fight TV for only $34.99. Ric Flair's Last Match. Walk in that aisle one more time for the last time. Rick, do you have anything to say to expensive car repair? They don't stand a chance against the money-saving roadside assistant, car shield, and slick rig. They better learn their ABCs, because we're always bringing car shield. Woo! Woo! The roads to Rick Flair, you kidding me? It's a nature boy. What are they going to say? I am... Woo! The man! Okay? You say what you want to say. Just remember at the end of the night, when all said and done, I get to talk about you. Woo! The roadster Ric Flair. Woo! Look at his old ass. Look. Woo!